0: James Taylor.
1: Hi, I'm Marco Sparks.
0: And welcome back to Bros Watch PL2. This week on the pod, S1E4, The Ghost Sonata. Mm-hmm. Which one of us is going to summarize a Wikipedia page and pretend that we're very familiar with The Ghost Sonata?
1: <laughs> I started listening to it the other day, but I was like, I can't commit to all of this.
0: <laughs> So instead, we're oh, I, I almost about went Star Wars totally. Star trailer the, for an hour. Yeah, I almost went totally off the rails with "Let's Kill Uncle," but
1: I, just I didn't have I'm, time. I'm kind of curious what you're thinking of that.
0: <laughs> I, I assume you didn't get there yet. To what? In in your mind, you didn't get there.
1: To to so uh, let's kill Uncle. Not yet. I'm kind of curious what your thoughts are. I'm assuming it's based on the anagram of the name. I mean, we'll get to mm-hmm. the end. Yeah, Rohan.
0: Anyways, the Ghost Sonata is. Uh, the three act play from a Swedish dude the chamber play Um, there's lots of uh, ghosts or something anyways sorry Joe ghost, for listening
1: the ghost sonata I feel like is one of the most Joseph Doherty titles though
0: it really is yeah it's got music it. it's got spooky
1: I love it I mean, like once they like released these titles on IMDB a couple months ago and you didn't know if they're true or not but part of me was like the ghost sonata and the patchwork girl yeah I think they might be real <laughs>
0: Well, it's, apparently it's about some guy who, a stu- young student who idealizes the inhabitants of an apartment building uh, and wants to be part of their family. But then he learns that uh, their family is hell and that, uh, you know, the world is hell and human beings have to suffer to achieve salvation. So I don't know how that necessarily relates to this episode, but.
1: <laughs>
0: Not enough about the ships. Um,
1: let's talk about the episode.
0: Mm, R.I.P. Emerson. <laughs> this episode written by joseph doherty directed by roger cumble to uh old pros old hands at PLL, and i believe yeah. this is and like a, a two-parter for them they're both doing the next one as well right
1: yep yeah mm-hmm. uh just a lot of questions with the whole premise but i would argue far and away vastly improved from the last few weeks not that I'm thinking of the last weeks were terrible or anything, but like I really like this episode.
0: Let me let me give you like a stressed analogy here. Okay. It's please. like Joe Stody's rolling up in like a war rig from Mad Max. And he's just like, of course. get the fuck in. We're getting we're, we're pivoting. We're getting mm-hmm. where we need to be with this show. And you're mm-hmm, like, but mm-hmm. Joe, that car doesn't look very stable. He's like, shut the fuck up and get in. And you're like, but Joe, you're just driving over all these potholes left and right. And he's just like, shut up, hang on. That's what this episode feels like. It's just like we're just we're just bulldozing through. We got to get somewhere. It doesn't all make sense. Don't worry about it. This episode has a lot of
1: bucket list things, and uh, we've had the privilege of of talking and getting a peek inside the incredible mind of Joe for a while. I would love for him just to roll up and be like, "Get the fuck in, <laughs> <laughs> get the fuck in. We're going for a ride." I would fucking love that. Yes, Joe. We've had a cocktail. <laughs> Um, yeah, like seriously though, like there's still some fucking questions that I need answered about the when of things that we're going to keep talking about, like relationships and parents running away from the FBI. But I mean,
0: honestly, mentally, I'm trying to just throw out the first two episodes of the show because it seems like they keep retconning stuff from it. So Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. other than like major events like Nolan dying.
1: And yet there's these fun little nods like her tapping on the mirror. Mm hmm. You know and 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 this is this is a great tease of it though to have nothing for like 2 weeks and then have her just tap on the mirror and start to look behind it
0: oh, I love it. Oh we should say I guess I don't know is this a spoiler whatever I'm just going to just going to go with it. Uh we we spoke to a little birdie who would read the pilot script like before mm-hmm. they filmed it and the We talked uh, it last week. Yeah. Did we? Are you sure?
1: Yeah. We talked about posing the question and now we have the answer. No,
0: well yeah, now we have the answer. Uh yeah, this the yes the the scene at the end of the pilot with the crazy control room, can, you know, talking to Mona, that was in the script. So there. Do so with that information what you will.
1: Yeah, in your faces.
0: All right. Uh, well, shall we uh, dive into our opening here? We absolutely should. Go for it. Uh,
1: so picking up where we left off uh, last week, uh, Allison's making a case for this Taylor theory to Mona. We're in Mona's place still. And Allison's like, Ava Fallon known the night he was killed. And she saw inside the saw him inside the cabin with a blonde. And Mona's like, "Who you think is Taylor Hotchkiss?" And she says this like she thinks Allison is nuts. And Allison's like, well, "She's it's just possible. gaslighting her." I mean, yeah, it's possible. And Mona's like, "You know." So Allison gets a notification on her phone. She checks it. We see there's one missed call from Emily and some text messages that include, "Please call me," and "I know you're getting my messages." Mm-hmm. Uh Tough stuff. Have you ever have you ever had to text? Not just you, but anyway, Have you ever had to text someone? I know you're getting my messages. <laughs> so Amona's like, "Allie, Allie, Taylor Hotchkiss is dead." And Allison's like, "Well, you're no fun. Whatever happened to Let's Be Bad Bitches again, huh?" So Allison's like, "Well, I was dead myself for a while, and so were you." And Amona's like, "Well, point taken, but this isn't Rosewood." And she says that, like she says that, and like she suddenly feels like compelled to like look at that yellow rose again. And Allison's like, "No, but this place." There's something about it. Look, I know, yeah, I know that's supposed to protect us. She points at the beacon guard box on Mona's wall. But somebody wrote, They're watching on my wall. And Mona's just like, Why would you disparage big brother like that? That's crazy. I wrote that. Um, and Allison's like, How much are they watching? And Mona's like, only enough to keep us safe, as far as I know. So Allison, like takes a step closer for emphasis, and she's like, Beacon Guard didn't protect Nolan or Taylor. There's a chance she faked her own death, and she must be hiding from someone or something. The Mono does this like, head swivel like, are we
0: still talking about this? I mean, it's so this is a weird thing. Presuming that Taylor, uh, obviously she's alive, but if she actually did commit suicide, how was mm-hmm. Beacon Card supposed to protect against that? Seriously. Some kind of AI that's like reading your Facebook posts and like has determined that you're depressive
1: yeah or just in general are there cameras on the haskell road bridge are there is are they currently manned um and for as much as you know like students you know beacon guard is all over the place why do you think that it's like selective about when you are doing scandalous shit
0: yeah yeah we'll get to that later when i don't know
1: um so allison continues like she's like it could have been the person who killed Nolan, you know, the, the someone or something. And Mona's like, Taylor committed suicide. She jumped off the Haskell Road Bridge. And Allison asked the question you asked, which is, did they recover a body? Mona's like, no, but there were witnesses. No body, no grave, no proof. Exactly. Thank you, Hannah. Allison's like, who said that they saw someone or something fall into the river? I read the same reports you did. I can Google. And Mona's like, Allie, you're making an awful lot out of one rose. And it's like, just kiss you two. Um, so, Allison really steps in for emphasis now, and she's like, It's more than just a rose. And Mona's like, What are we talking about then? And Allison's like, A feeling. And Mona's like, What kind of feeling? And Allison says, The same one that told me that you were alive when everyone else told me that you were dead. And Mona just nods
0: her head, like, Okay, I'm maybe getting this now. I mean, wasn't that feeling, Allison, knowing I have been framed and it was probably by you, you fucking bitch?
1: Yeah, yeah. Just tell me that last bit of dialogue isn't like the swelling build up to a big mm. romantic crescendo. Like, like if Allison was just like, I came here tonight because when you realize you want to spend the rest of your life with somebody, you want the rest of your life to start as soon as possible. Because I've had those feelings before. Like the time that I thought you were alive and no one else did. <laughs> yeah. So the credits, the brand new shot is Allison looking out the window after dealing with her divorce paperwork.
0: I'd swear these credits are getting shorter. I don't know. maybe I think so. I think so. I feel like that we lost a shot. I'd have to go back and compare, but they're so fast. Um, yeah, anyway. So after credits, we're in the uh, Cochrane Student Union there. Our perfectionist, Ava, Caitlin, Dylan, are meeting to go over all the new shit. Ava has heard the new shit, is not is impressed. Uh, she holds up the evidence, uh, the, the whole chewing gum thing, and she says, or, and then uh, Caitlin says, listen, maybe Mason. It's like us. Nolan had something on him and he decided the world would be a better place without him. And we hear uh, Dylan and ADR say, you think Mason killed Nolan? And then Ava and ADR says, and put that rat in my car. Uh, Caitlin's phone buzzes. Uh, It's upside down. And she just like flips it over. Text from Claire Hotchkiss. Important. We talk. What a weird text. Mm -hmm. Uh, And Caitlin and ADR says, and if it's true, he stole Nolan's stash and knows our secrets. And Caitlin kind of shakes her head and kind of rolls her eyes to the text. Like, I don't know, not going to deal with it right now. Um, so yeah, you, you commented here that, uh, it's like a gospel now that their secrets were in his stash. No. And I don't, yeah. this is like, um, what was the thing they did on PLL where it's like a dream became reality at some point, like a uh, Noel Khan pushing that girl down the stairs
1: something like that yeah yeah Where like yeah. suddenly
0: it was like it happened in somebody's dream sequence and then like suddenly that was just the truth and you're like what but you dream that
1: yeah which i believe wasn't it Jodo who was the one who was like uh like i'm gonna reference the dream and then we're just gonna
0: oh god you're <laughs> f- gonna yeah we're gonna he,
1: acknowledge that i have hand waved
0: he drew the fucking short straw on that one that's for sure
1: oh gosh
0: uh, but yeah, so they're just like, yeah, the secrets were in the stash. So we're just we're so sure of that now. So there's there's, you know, somebody's got our secrets. So it's it's unclear to me if they actually do. Yeah. Like, I, I kind of wonder if all this like rat business is just Booker.
1: No. Oh, OK, so spoiler for the end of this episode. Mm-hmm. My theory is that Mason is just a tool of Booker.
0: Mm. Or maybe he's just a tool.
1: Yeah. Either way, it's a tool.
0: Yeah uh so dylan uh kind of kind of nods like his head like to warren and grabs a gum wrapper and he says heads up he's here and then fucking mason shows up at the coffee cup he comes up behind ava and caitlin and kind of moves in between the table and, he, and he's talking to ava here and he says hey uh hope you don't mind i put this on your tab i know you can afford it what like how is she not just like fuck you like i'm gonna go like talk to that lady right now and tell her you know like tell the lunch lady no no tab for that asshole
1: Go go dog walk his ass, uh, yeah. Ava. Well, like, again, all of his, you'll notice all of his little secrets are things that Booker's already hinted that she suspects uh-huh. or knows. Yeah.
0: I, I can't with this guy. I just, he's not menacing. He's just annoying to me. I'm like, why are you, why are you threatened by this douchebag?
1: Well, also, there's a disconnect when you're telling me that this guy is like, like super smart and like model handsome. And I'm just like. Clearly, I've been paying attention to the wrong character. I'm waiting for that dude to show up.
0: This dude definitely seems like he's going to get murdered within the next few episodes because mm-hmm. he was playing a game that was too big for him. Mm-hmm. Too big for his britches? Like he's or literally the, five feet tall.
1: Yeah, I would say, or the murderer will miss because he's like under five foot tall, mm-hmm. and that's that's a hard place to be for, for dudes. Uh, yeah, and, so um, Mason leans in here like stirring the shit up and he's like, so how are the three musketeers doing? huh? And like Dylan eye rolls and Caitlin's just like, well, it's not exactly like we're joined at the hip and Mason's like, Oh yeah, that's right. I mean, you guys were joined at the Nolan, right? Only sexually, dude, only sexually. Uh, he grabs a chair from another table, pulls it over and sits. So now he's like sitting between Ava and Caitlin, like looking at Caitlin. Um, he's like, I, I've been thinking about you. And she's like, why? And he's like, And Dylan's like, you know, it's getting late. I think we should. And Mason's like, oh, no, 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 no. This won't take long. Trust me. You can stay. And he's like really staring at Caitlin through this. And Mason says, no secrets between friends, right? Or fake friends for that matter. And like Ava's like ready to get down to it. And she's just like, what do you want, Mason? And he says, I want what Nolan had. And just like him, I'm willing to use what I know when I have to. And to Caitlin, he says, so we should hang out soon. You know. I miss spending time with your mom's like the good old days. And like, they're just staring at him like stunned at this incredible bullshit. Uh, so he gets up with his empty coffee cup, which is like more. This is the most empty coffee cup of all of PLO.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Like this is the this is the worst empty coffee cup. He's waving
0: all over the place. Yeah,
1: seriously. Um, he leans between the two women like over the table, like towards Dylan. He's just like, oh, Dylan, uh, buddy, I've been reading those papers that you wrote for Nolan. It's good stuff. And Dylan's like, well, what makes you think I ever did that? Mason's like, <laughs> nice try. Look, how about you keep doing for me what you were doing for Nolan, all right? And Dylan's like, I don't know what you're talking about, man. I'm sorry. But, like, Mason doubles down on this, like, shiftiness or shittiness. And he's just like, then I'll clarify. You're still into your boyfriend, right? The two of you are still a thing. Then same arrangement as last year.
0: Mm. I just, I can't take this guy seriously. Like, this actor, I feel like he could play maybe a character like Caleb, um, but not, like, like he can't be a Mona. You know, he just does not have the menace. Like, there's there's nothing, I don't know, kind of, like, scary but entertaining about him. It's like, I just don't buy it. He's like,
1: Dylan, buddy, you want your ringtones updated or what? Oh, Jesus. Um...
0: So then we're back yes. at Mona's place. Yeah. So we get a close-up of Mona's version of, like, the Matrix on her computer here, all these, like, crazy algorithms and equations and shit and, like, wire uh, uh Allison says, Mona, I told you, I think that Taylor's alive. Uh, this can't help us find her. Why are we looking at it? And then we see Allison's, like, sitting in a chair looking at the monitor. Mona's standing over her, just really impressed with the brainchild here. And she says, you were looking inside the core of the Hotchkiss Beacon Guard system, and that is the program I wrote. Allison's like, it's pretty. And Mona's like, you bitch. Uh, Allison says, well, what do you want me to say? It's letters and numbers. And Mona says, my letters, my numbers, my crystal ball. And Allison says, your beacon height success predictor. Mona says, yes, but somebody's been messing with it. And they had me thrown off the system, so I wouldn't see the changes. He says, so it's not looking for smart people anymore? And Mona says, well, no, it's still doing that. But now it's looking for a particular kind of smart person, someone who matches a new criteria. And Allie's like, well, what's the criteria? And Mona doesn't know yet. Uh, so far, it's only two people who match. And Ally says, anyone we know? And Mona says, funny, you should ask. So she starts typing on the keyboard, says preparing report on the screen, and then we see two names pop up, Caitlin Park Lewis and Allison De Laurentiis. And Alice just like, what the fuck do we have in common with Caitlin? And Mona says, well, we couldn't get Troyan on the show, so we're pretending that you're like her. and uh, no, she says, well, I'm her advisor, so it should be really easy for me to snoop around. And Allison says, you're an advisor, you're real. And then she pinches. Mona. Now uh, Mona says, almost all faculty is are is assigned students and mentor. Like all faculty, like is that janitor assigned to someone?
1: does uh, that's the only question I have with this that's the only thing that I think checks out why they can't find him I presume he's Jenner's not faculty don't, yeah don't count as faculty but then also Allison's like oh shit am I supposed to be mentoring someone I guess I am <laughs>
0: <Yeah>. I have just <laughs> been telling these kids to lie a lot yeah. uh, so uh, the computer beeps and Mona says oh it's adding somebody to the list and she reads it out and says Ray Hagedorn and Allison's like who the fuck is Ray Hagedorn good question um but, yeah, there's Ray on the list. He's number three. I have some theories about Ray and I guess we'll wait till the end of the episode for that.
1: Okay. Uh, so the next day, we're at the Student Union. Ken's sitting at this table with Mona, who's got her BHU-branded laptop open.
0: You, you know next, this, uh, this worker guy is going to be important because he's, like, right in the center of this shot as it starts.
1: Yeah. So next to their table, like, right over it is there's a ladder set up. I don't know why you wouldn't switch tables. There are plenty of empty tables. So as these two ladies like start talking and Workman like walks over to the edge – over onto the edge of the frame, starts climbing up that ladder like up into the open roof panels or ceiling panels. And Kaylin's like, so I thought the interview for my congressional internship was set with uh, with Veronica Hastings apparently. Also, I'm surprised to see that you're real. Mona's like, it is. It's just as your advisor. I wanted to check in with you personally and psychotically. And Caitlin, like nods. That makes sense. And Mona's like, so why do you want this? Particular congressional internship. I mean, wouldn't it just be easier to get a job in your mom's office? Ken's okay, like, well, that would tell people more about my mom than it would about me. That's what my it, super
0: prepared answer.
1: Would it really? Like, super prepared answer. Yeah. Okay. You're not running for office yet. Oh, Kayla. so
0: your mom just pulled some strings to get you into a different senator's office. Cool.
1: Yeah. Like, that's not how the machine already works.
0: <laughs> yeah.
1: <laughs> like, you're not going to go work for Jonah Ryan after this. So Amona's <laughs> like, yeah. and what do you want people to know about you? Kane's like, then I'm going to be the first Olympic gold medalist to sit in the Oval Office.
0: What a last, Like, how ah, lame? Yeah, well, just, that's just
1: that's ambitious garbage right there. It's
0: <laughs> so oh, like, just, like, you you like know, why? What? What exactly is the point of? I don't know. Just like, cause you want like, I don't know, the uh, achiever's equivalent of like an egot or something? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Really. <laughs> Uh, uh, so Mona's like, you know, you remind me of a very determined friend of mine. Someone you know, actually, Allison DiLorenzis, and Caitlin's <laughs> yeah, sure. like, oh, uh, your friend. And was like, are you sure you don't
0: mean Spencer Hastings? Because it kind of more like her. I'm like the Spencer <laughs> I, who never bit Allie or Adderall.
1: Yeah, I feel like just like a whole fucking lifetime flashes before Mona's eyes, <laughs> and she's like, oh, well, we go way back, the two of us. We tried to kill each other once, <laughs> several well, times, more than once, years ago. <laughs> She's like, what do you think of her? And Caitlin's like, well, way to put me in the fucking spot. I uh, I like her. Yeah, she seems intuitive, loyal, and she takes chances on people when she doesn't have to. Though I thought she was a bit nosy when I first met her. And Mona's like, so she puts herself out there. She's loyal and intuitive. That's interesting. And Caitlin's surprised herself and she's like, is it? And Mona's like, those are the three comments I wrote about you after our initial interview. And Caitlin's like, oh, wow, that's. uh..." And then Mona's just like, thank you for stopping by. You can go. Um, You can go now, Caitlin. Caitlin. (laughs) Caitlin's like, I rent the school. so fucking weird. And that was even before people started falling off the roof.
0: Well, so So, I don't know. Let's, Let's analyze some of this. First of all, it's a really weird thing to like you announce that you're friends with somebody that you're somebody else knows or has met as well. And then you're like, what did you think of them? Mm-hmm. you're like am i supposed to gossip now like what the fuck
1: this is the adult equivalent of passing notes in class yeah like you're just you're just straight
0: up fishing for hot goss and then um so the the that's the those are the three comments i wrote about you like so is this possibly somebody like data mining like reports that have been made about these people and that's why they got matched or like i'm not Maybe. sure what to i'm not sure if we're supposed to be like these are true statements that like the computer has somehow figured out or does the computer just match their like, you know, student review, employer review type thing, you know? Well,
1: yeah, yeah, seriously. It's, it's it's a huge difference between if I were to write Ben James, he was loyal, intuitive and cuddly or whatever for as the machine to be like, we have analyzed mm-hmm. all of these various data points and he is totally loyal. And I don't remember what I said. Intuitive funny, smart, and cuddly. And cuddly. Yeah. Um, which three of those five things are true. Um, yeah, so that can be Kubby. Uh, you sure can. Um, so Caitlin back like, packs up her shit, takes off. We see in the wide shot that Mona's just like sitting there at the table, working on her laptop, right next to her, almost over her, is that dude in the ladder, like halfway up in the ceiling. So kind of like this like mass drop. We see like Mona's like real face. So she's texting Allison back from her computer. Um, and then the the text messages
0: are fascinating. Did you like look at Oh you know, you know no because I, I didn't do this part. Um,
1: so let me just say she has got an active phone book. There's an Allison, there's a Dan, there's a Jennifer, there's an Anthony, a Karen, a Barry, a Joe, a William, a Vera, a Vera, a Carl, a
0: Kenny. Um could could they maybe throw in, I don't know, like a Tyrone or a Cho. I don't know. Those are all the white names there.
1: Yeah, yeah. Oh, it sure is. Oh, especially the Vera. Um Dan texted ready to go um joe texted ttyl karen texted cool um carl just texted it was not good
0: (laughs) it was not good sorry carl
1: (laughs) carl just got back from the doctor you guys um but so like we see like she's like texting allison back and allison had previously sent her let me know what you find out and mona responds with met caitlin you do have a lot in common but still don't know who the fuck ray hogadorn is Mm -hmm. and right as she sends that boom a new message from Bad Bishop. And instantly, fucking instantly, a cover of The Look of Love starts on the soundtrack. I fucking love this show.
0: Also, first of all, Bad Bishop. Bad okay. Bishop. Uh, sure. And uh, Mona's screen name is Four Moves. Four moves. Is, what What do we think that means? She's always four moves ahead? Yeah, or like four moves G-tier. to get you. Four moves? Yeah. Yeah, Knight to C3, capture. Yeah.
1: I didn't I didn't like transcribe all of the various movements of their game I I analyzed
0: their game and it turns out this is one of the famous uh you know chess matches between Bobby Fischer and a computer No, I'm just kidding mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm.
1: I can't remember the name I, I could have told you like a week ago the name of the various robots that beat what's his name was it Big, Kasparov Big Blue Big Blue yeah yeah there you go Um so anyways this This cover is hilarious. So this is a cover by an artist named Ania, who seems like she does a lot of, like, classy covers of old songs. This is originally from the second of three adaptations of Casino Royale, performed by the uh, transcendental Dusty Springfield, written by Burt Bacharach. The story behind this song is that he described writing this as trying to, to show you what it felt like the first time he saw Ursula Andress. Hmm. so it's a very interesting song to just suddenly pop up in the soundtrack
0: so i, I feel a little vindicated from last week's episode like mona saw that chessboard and looks like she's gonna go you know take a long shower and now they're like oh yeah we we want it to be very clear that this is like a romantic thing here that's happening mm-hmm. this isn't like just a meeting of intellectual minds mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
1: 50 shades of fuck yeah um so this is clearly a sexy and invigorating time for miss van der waal so, Mona's white, the bad bishop is black, uh, the black rook moves, Mona takes it with a white palm, and then a new message from the bad bishop shows up. Have you thought about my offer? And we slowly push on Mona, intrigued, titillated. She bites really her pondering. lip. Yeah, she bites her lip. I think she rubs her neck, really pondering yeah. this. And then a fucking screwdriver falls out of the ce- ceiling, stabbing the table right next to her hand. And I'm surprised we don't get like a record scratch as that song just vanishes from the soundtrack. I fucking love this scene. This is like to me the first huge iconic scene of the perfectionist. And maybe there's something wrong with me, but I love this it.
0: scene. I'm just waiting the whole time for like, okay, when's the workman going to come into the scene?
1: Yeah, yeah, exactly. <laughs> but it's, it's like just enough that as you're distracted by the look of love and like her reaction, her flushed reaction to this, this encounter online, it's like you forget for just a second and then you remind in the best possible way. So she gasps and he's just like, Hey, you okay? And he kind of comes down a few rungs in the ladder, like kind of concerned. And this might be my favorite line reading from Janelle Parrish of all time. She's like, I think so. Love it. I don't know why it's, it's like, it's the most human she's ever been most adorable. And just like, she's, it's just so weird. Mm -hmm. So like, he like saunders on down the ladder and he's like, should be doing this when the place is closed, but they don't want to pay the overtime or pay any overtime. Sorry. And then she just yanks the screwdriver table with like a chunk and walks away.
0: And she's like, no harm done. So I'm going to break your legs later. The, the question is, is he actually doing something for his job up there or is he like spying on Mona here?
1: Setting up some kind of like blue snarfing operation?
0: It seems rather coincidental that he's right next to her here.
1: Okay, of all the spycraft things you could do, like that thing where it's like
0: VanEck freaking?
1: Well, like if you and I were like following somebody we need a picture and i do that thing like i'm pretending i'm taking pictures of you because you're standing up your back to the target and i'm taking photos so past I, you i
0: start posing like i'm about to drop the hottest album of 2019 and you're uh-huh. taking pictures of me but really just over my shoulder yeah
1: which is something you and i do on the regular so it's in character but like i've never seen a bond movie where bond's just like don't worry i'm going to just climb up into the ceiling in my coveralls <laughs> just chill right
0: i don't think this guy's James bond exactly
1: no, I guess the fact that he he's just like a like a blue collar maintenance guy, he just folds in. You don't even think about it. Mm-hmm. That said, you know, I uh, like it's always sunny style. I wouldn't go pee in the urinal as the cleaning lady is trying to clean that very urinal. I would I would move a few tables away from this <laughs> this uh, guy working on the ceiling. Like I don't know if I'd sit right there.
0: Well, he may have come up after she was there. I don't know, but I I suspect that he is not doing his job right now. That he's Either trying to listen in or spy on her in some other method here, yeah. Because so it, it seems too coincidental.
1: As we find out who he is, I'm sure he's got ways. Hmm. He's got elite ways of elite hiding. Ways.
0: Mm-hmm. So, so uh, establishing favorite shot characters. of Dylan's dorm apartment. Yes, it's back to our favorite couple on the show. Uh, we're inside the dorm apartment. Dylan's working away on his kitchen counters. Andrew walks in. Andrew comes over and lays some tickets down. And says, ta-da, Mommy Dearest is playing at the retro. There's no way you're telling me you have too much work to do. We're going. And Dylan says, I have too much work to do. I'm sorry. And Andrew says, it's our favorite movie. Come on. And Dylan looks at Andrew and sees that it's important. So he relents. He says, it's a date. And they smooch. Andrew heads into the bedroom area and just pulling his shirt off. He's like, what exactly is he changing into? I can't remember. What, did we get to the end of the scene there? I think like, we, we just
1: see him in like his like his uh, boxer
0: briefs. Gets down to his briefs for some reason. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, so anyway. Oh, he's, after
1: you buy movie tickets, you got a bone.
0: I, I thought he was, at first What's I was that? like, "Oh, he's he's probably changing for the gym," but then it, it, we never get there, so it's like I guess this guy just walks in and instantly strips. Okay.
1: He's like, I've got to change for architecture class.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: <laughs> I need more cardigans.
0: So as as he's in there changing, he goes. In a very suspicious way, he goes, oh, I met a friend of yours today, which is like never a good thing to hear from anyone. Uh, He says he introduced introduced himself to me at the library. And Dylan's like, oh, yeah, who? And Andrew's kind of like leaning out the shirt off as he's pulling his pants off. He goes, Mason Gregory. Which I guess Andrew has never met. I don't know. Whatever. It's who knows who on this show. Uh, And Dylan's kind of like looking forward, trying to stay cool. And he's just like, yeah, what do you say? And Andrew says, I think he was flirting with me, so you better be careful. Treat me right and buy me some popcorn tonight. And Dylan's just like staring ahead, thousand yards stare here, like taking this in, like, well, shit.
1: Also, Andrew, play a little harder to get. Be worth more than popcorn. I mean, it's got butter, that's one thing.
0: I, oh, I, by I don't the like way, movie popcorn personally, but.
1: I forgot to mention, I uh, met a friend of yours the other day. Anyway, hmm. um, out on the campus somewhere, students are walking to and fro, going places, including Ava, who like pops out of the uh, crowd because she's like dressed like something out of like her weird like French capelet line, only it's like very red this time.
0: I saw some people thought this was like a red coat thing. It looks like the wrong shade to me, personally.
1: Yeah, this isn't...
0: I mean, The the real red coat's a little brighter red.
1: There's maybe more like color theory, but we're not quite there. Um, What are these beacon guard poles with lights on them?
0: Um those are security things i believe um okay. they had those at uc santa cruz but not nearly as high tech but it's it's uh you know because campuses can be dangerous places you want to have those within uh easy reach seemingly at all times you know you're all jogging so do, somebody tries to so you or something to get help there's like okay. a, so yeah.
1: there's a call box on every single one of them
0: i would assume so yeah
1: there's quite I mean, there's a, few... a
0: little uh siren on top of them so
1: okay um, whenever I see these things now, I just think of the, uh, the sonic polls from a uh, lost. So, uh, as Ava's walking, she sees Dana Booker just standing there like a sentinel in front of her waiting for her. And he was like, haven't they given you an office yet? I'd complain. Burn. And Dana's like, I have an office. It's very nice, but I like to get out and around the campus. It gives me a feel for the place. I've been looking into your records. You're very conscientious about paying your tuition. You always pay off a cashier's check, never a deposit account. Don't you trust banks? And it was, like, <laughs> was like, well, it's my money. So where I keep it is my business. So fuck the fuck off. You're not going to Al Capone me. Um, and Dana's like, that's true. If it is your money. And then suddenly, Allison fucking De Laurentiis out of nowhere.
0: She is, just it, like pops- is it me real quick? Or were the liars just better at like brushing off the fuzz? For sure. Like they, they would just talk back. It's like weird to see these characters so passive.
1: Mm-hmm they were at times equally uh, broadcasting their own guilt but like with more style I don't know maybe it's just because they're teenagers
0: like I don't know the vibe is just weird I I keep wanting these characters to kind of uh, just you know bite a little deeper into the material
1: yeah make make some Hannah face too
0: Mm
1: -hmm. so Allison's just popped up behind uh, Ava uh, all warm and bubbly and she's like Ava hi and Ava turns around like kind of sluttered She's like Hi, and Allison's like, I was just gonna text you. Can you do our study session a half hour later? Uh, Caitlin, Dylan can, and they was like, sure, yeah, I'll see you then. Allison nods, pleased. So, Avery like turns back to Dana, and she's just like, Dana, and she like walks off. So Dana's like silent. Her prey has just like been snatched from her grasp. So Allison steps in to go a few rounds, and she's just like, I thought you were supposed to be solving a murder. Dana's like, I am. I awesome. was like, so many suspects. Have you made a checklist? Wouldn't it be of rad if she was
0: just like, I just did?
1: Yeah, that'd be cool. Mm-hmm. I want to like Dana. I really do. Like, I like the actor. I really want to like the character. This is like, this is, this should be like my Tanner stand in. Something about Tanner just really, I really wonder fun.
0: if we're going to see a pivot with Booker too, to not just being an asshole, you know?
1: I kind of wonder if the way she's written here is the start of the pivot. I don't know. Um, this is like, so many suspects. Have you ever made a checklist or have you made a checklist of all of Nolan's enemies? Dana's like, I don't understand why you're working so hard to help. And Allison's like, you're at my file. That's why I'm here to help these kids. They're under so much pressure. Then like, I thought I had a fix on you. But the more I know, the less I'm sure. I haven't figured you out at all. And Allison's like, don't <laughs> feel bad. A lot of people have tried.
0: That's so right. Allison, it's still my show. I get the best yeah. lines.
1: Allison walks off, feeling pretty good about having fucked up some shit today. I wanted Dana to walk off first so that as soon as she turned around, Allison could be like,
0: bitch. (laughs) That's right. Bring it on, bitch. (laughs) Booker's like, you know, I I hear you every time you say that.
1: (laughs) I don't even need beacon card for this. Like, I'm I'm right here in front of you. I can smell your breath. (laughs) So, let me have an establishing shot of stately Hotchicks Manor.
0: I I do love that line. Don't feel bad. A lot of people have tried. Yeah, it's uh, just slowly but surely she's crawling her way out of that grave. Yes. Back to seasons one four, Ali,
1: the grave of domestic bliss. <laughs> it's kind of funny to think like with all I mean, we'll get into it later, I'm sure. Yeah. But of all the sea of text messages, it's like Allison's phone is just full of a graveyard. Like she doesn't have friends. She has like headstones that she knows and communicates with. She's the one like coming to life here. Wake me up. Uh, is that an so,
0: evanescence reference?
1: I wouldn't do that. I wouldn't do that to you. Are you sure about that? You cuddly bastard. Uh, so, a savage shot. Like I said, stately Hotchkiss Manor. Um, inside, we see Caitlin being escorted into the study or slash Claire's office by the mute maid. And Caitlin's like, "Thank you." Is Marta. she
0: actually mute, or are you just saying that she doesn't say anything?
1: She's a she's an extra or a featured extra doesn't get to okay. say anything. <laughs> She doesn't say anything like, you're welcome, ma'am, or anything like that. Or it's no, good to she, see you, I mean,
0: she's the help. I don't know. Anyways, Jeremy's yeah. here. He's sitting in a chair in the gigantic office of Claire Hotchkiss here. And he, they both do like, mmm, like, looks at each other. And Caitlin's just like, Jeremy, what are you doing here? And he says, presenting a research proposal to Mrs. Hotchkiss. What are you doing here? That's stuff. Yeah. Oh, yeah. And Caitlin says, yeah. well, we're family friends. Remember? Remember that, guys? Turns the audience, remember that? We're friends. <laughs> Um, and then jeremy's got like big hair and he's all giddy he's about the possibilities this guy just really looks like this weird clone of ren and eddie redmayne it's like distracting almost
1: i'd say more eddie redmayne
0: but with like i think his accent maybe is a little more Ren. i feel like they have similar accents
1: it just goes back to clearly your tangible clones theory Uh where they cloned eddie redmayne and downloaded like the start of the ren Personality, you know, matrix, and then they got interrupted halfway through. They only had
0: like a chip of the diamond, yeah, not the whole thing.
1: Mm -hmm. Diamond hard drive.
0: And then Jeremy is just like, Wait, this is perfect. We've met now. I can ask you out for coffee. Man, that was bad. Uh, Caitlin says, "Mm -hmm." (laughs) And I can say yes. And he goes, "Mm -hmm. Donna's donuts and pies tonight at nine. And Caitlin says, Coffee and pie, how decadent. (laughs) No, it's not. Stupid colonial.
1: It's just calories.
0: It's just lots of calories. Uh, then there's some footsteps approaching, so they kind of like separate a little bit. Claire Hotchkiss comes in and Claire says, oh, Caitlin, what a nice surprise. Oh, you know, Jeremy Beckett. Jeremy, this is, and Jeremy says, Caitlin, we just met. And Claire says, Jeremy is an expert, an expert in large scale data analysis. I thought he was a rocket scientist uh, and a welcome addition to Hotchkiss. And Caitlin says, oh, sounds impressive. And when Claire isn't looking, Jeremy winks at Caitlin. And Claire says, oh, your funding has been approved to to, to Jeremy there. And she hands him back his like folder proposal thing. And he's like, thank you. And he picks up his little British attache case because, of course, he has one. And he's like, it was lovely meeting you, Caitlin. And uh, he takes off. Caitlin kind of smiles as he goes. Do you think Claire knows? I think she does. Oh, she knows. I think she's just like, look at these two assholes pretending they don't know each other in front of me. Yeah. Uh, so Claire's just like, hmm. And once Jeremy's out of earshot, Caitlin steps closer and kind of her tone changes. It's a very quick like tonal change. She just goes, I can't do it. And Claire's like, do what? And Caitlin says, spy on Ava and Dylan. They're my friends, seemingly. Uh, I know you're helping me by keeping that picture under wraps, but you're helping, uh, you're helping you too. You're one of my mother's biggest donors. And Claire says, I thought you wanted justice for Nolan as much as I do. Caitlin says, I do, but Booger's harassing the wrong people. We were all together that night at Allison's. And Claire just nods and makes a face that says, I know you're lying to me. And she goes, The entire night? All of you? And Caitlin's like, Yes. I don't know why she isn't just like, We went there at this time, you know? Like, like I don't we know. We met
1: up in front of Thorn Hall and then walked over there.
0: Mm-hmm. Yeah we were at we we're at her place when we heard the sirens and came back or something. Yeah,
1: we know there's 7,500 cameras.
0: Yeah, and seemingly we don't think anyone looks at those.
1: Yes, <laughs> just for show.
0: Well, Booker's like, oh, I I you know did my analysis on of you and I I know that you never hung out with Nolan alone and so it's like, well, she knows that. You think maybe they they've got footage of you that night? I don't know.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah, Dana's like, I haven't exactly lied to you about my resources.
0: Yeah, so Caitlin says, you know, I promise Dana Booker is wrong about this. We want what you want for Nolan's killer to be brought to justice. And Claire says, I hope that's true, Caitlin, for your sake. Oh shit, what the fuck does that mean? And she's like, you can show yourself out. Which is a pretty, like, it's very politely said, but like, man, it's I feel like she just burned a bridge there. Mm-hmm. Important, you leave. Yeah. So Caitlin uh, very wisely just uh, gets the fuck out of there. And Claire makes a call on her phone as soon as she's gone, and in her phone she says, "Get me Dana Booker." Caitlin just lied to my face. Turn up the heat. This is why I think all this shit that happens in this episode is not Mason, but Booker.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just doing her job. uh, Ill-defined. As it is. Um, I mean, she doesn't just
0: call Dana Booker. Like, get me Dana Booker.
1: (laughs) Yeah, like...
0: Calling her assistant, I guess.
1: The assistant who's just like... Who's wielded such phone calls as, like, increased surveillance on BH5. But that's your son. I know. I'm always sure. <laughs> I bet. I'm sure she fired that assistant like Caitlin. I really like Sydney park. Um, I, I feel like as ill defined as all the characters are, there's like a little bit of a Caitlin. I get who's starting to form. Like she's constantly trying to do her politics. She's trying to maneuver. Like I yeah, think she her performance
0: has up. been the best Sydney parks.
1: Oh yeah. Yeah. But she keeps trying to bring up, you know, like, Hey, you know, you are my mom's greatest donor. Like, mm-hmm. Which is like, at least on the surface in politics, we want to believe in things. (laughs) And so it's just like, you've invested a lot of money. Never mind the ideology of this person. Well, it's just
0: like, let's stop pretending you're only doing me a favor, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah. I mean, like, but even with uh, her bizarre encounter with Mona, she's very diplomatic and just uh, like, oh, she really wants to help people, even though she doesn't have to. So she keeps trying to, you know, find an angle and sell it from the get go. So after the commercial... We got a new outdoor location. It's the track. Um, so this is where where Caitlin seemingly does a lot of her running. So
0: for a gold medal in something, mm-hmm,
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. which is the first mile you have to run to get to the oval. So the three perfs are they don't, they are, don't
0: do miles like they do like the sixteen hundred or something, right? In the do Olympics, do I'm pretty sure it's all metric.
1: Runners. Oh, Okay,
0: could be wrong. Oh. Don't no. at me.
1: They do whatever they do where you get the bumper sticker on the back of your
0: car and be, those people are. Glad to it's point a, it out to you. A bumper sticker that says "I won a gold medal, but I didn't get elected president."
1: Yeah, yeah. I meant the the fucking numbers one, but yeah, yeah. That. Okay. Uh, <laughs> I got a gold medal, but instead of being president, I had to resign from Congress because of uh, <laughs> wanting to spend more time with my family. <laughs> so the three perps are walking, talking on the track, like near the like covered bleachers grandstand. What do you the, call that? The stands. The stands. Yeah. Um, and Ken's like, "I've made a decision. I'm not going to let." Mason blow us up and I want them to be like oh shit because we were totally going to let him blow us up like I was getting ready to be torpedoed and Dylan's just like whatever it is I'm totally in and thanks. he was like thanks Dylan yeah sounds like you have a plan Ken's like yeah I'm going to hang out with them Dylan's like that's a bad plan That's, that's he was like it's
0: a good yeah. point Dylan yeah and he was like
1: yeah so Kalen's like seems like shocked to get pushback on this, this genius. what the
0: fuck is this plan I'm going to hang out with him
1: Dylan's just like look, if Mason did what we think he did, he's a killer. Gan's like, I don't think he wants to hurt me. I think he really just like wants to have sex with me. I mean, Mason and Nolan and I, we all grew up here. We were townies once upon a time. You know, we went trick-or-treating together as kids.
0: Do you think they, they, they've they boned? Her and Mason? Yeah. Was that like a high school thing where it never got there?
1: Okay, let's, let's uh suspect as it is. Let's I, analyze the text. I think,
0: I think, their vibe would be different if they've had sex personally
1: i can imagine what sex of mason is like and i think the vibe would be exactly like this you think so
0: no because he's like you're much more interested in the shrimp (laughs) he's over
1: the best part
0: yeah no he seems a little too eager to me like he never never got there
1: well sometimes when you lose somebody
0: you know and you've had a taste all you want is keep some metaphor. i don't want to
1: finish um but no I, i i you have a point because as I understand it, how Mason described Al- uh, Nolan to Allison, if we take that as fact, is that Nolan changed when he came to college, to uni, and then he took her away. So maybe it was like a high school, like a like a, a sweet little innocent high school thing. I don't know. Are they all in
0: the same grade? Even who knows? Yeah,
1: <laughs> no fucking clue what's going on here. We're totally at sea with some of the some of the pertinent details um, don't
0: worry it'll just get more confusing
1: yeah we're just gonna retcon it anyway so you're cool uh it was like yeah well i went trick-or-treating with bessie burnham and she was a perfectly polite little mermaid until so she sugar crashed and tried to light my hair on fire that is so aria mm-hmm. um Caitlin's like she's so sorry right, this episode. Caitlin's like, yeah, one has gone. Mason made it very clear last night that he's trying to take Nolan's place. Mason trusts me. I can use that to find out the truth. What if I record our conversation? If he admits to anything, we can use it against him. We just turn it to the police. Until it's like it's like it's just come together for him. Like when well, Mason goes away, it's like, Caitlin, it like
0: long- Caitlin still thinks she's talking to the Mason from episode two.
2: Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> like he's gonna cry it all out. yeah. yeah.
1: This is the plan. This, this a is plan. the plan that I, that I run it past Allison. Yeah. yeah. Allison can like stop the shit out of these kids. Stop they should, the should run what them.
0: they wear every day by Allison. They should be running every single life decision by Allison.
1: Allison's like, Ava, your fashion. I like it, but I also don't get it. Are you like supposed to be like some kind of like 90s cyberpunk hacker here? What are you wearing right now? Yeah. Um, so Dylan's just like, know, oh, Mason goes away. Ava says, yeah, along with our secrets. Let's so like, it's Ava. Like, it's like, oh my God, our secrets, you know, Ken's like, what do you guys say? And Dylan's like, okay, Caitlin nods, like excited. He's like, but Caitlin, you're not doing this alone. I mean, you can come up with a plan and even and I'll be there to back you up. She nods agreeing, green and then she looks past them and she's like, oh my God. On the electric marquee thing, it just starts saying, I see a rat like spinning back and forth over and over again. And Ava's like, did Mason do that? Um, and interestingly enough, in the closed captioning, it has a, uh, shit in there, but not, not said in the version I downloaded. Hmm. Um, and Dylan's like, where is he? Kane's like everywhere. Hmm. That's giving him a lot of credit. A yeah. lot of credit.
0: I, so, I still don't think this is Mason too.
1: No, I don't think he's, I, he's not presented as a master genius to me. Um, maybe a top seeded amateur just because he's holding the chair for some, he, he some just other.
0: seems like a patsy. Like there's a certain character or archetype. That's like on the tip of my tongue. I can't think of it. Maybe I'll think of it by the end of the episode. But like Mason's the guy who thinks he's playing the game and he is just being used by somebody else at most, you know,
1: Mason's uh, he's the Ryan in your office. Uh, so we focus on some of the surveillance cameras there. We hear like the cameras whirring as uh, one of the cameras like turns to kind of like focus in on these three. Well, and so like, make sure we see that beacon guard logo on the side.
0: There's cameras everywhere. Why are they even having a conversation here? Seriously, like, Where is your Every- trade craft?
1: Every one of these conversations should be that thing where, like, you run into the apartment, you do like Allison does, you unplug that shit.
0: You turn on, on the, the radio. TV.
1: You turn on the radio, you turn on the TV, you turn on the shower. Mm-hmm. You all just, like, group real close together. Or the thing that I think is starting to make a comeback, I really like it, is when you've recorded a whole, like, fake conversation yeah. for an hour and you play that on a tape.
0: You know, you just said shower and I suddenly had a flashback to shower Harvey. I got sad.
1: Every time people like try to do some kind of well, someone did like an April Fool's thing where it's like she was going to reprise her role in the show. And I was like, you know what? Jokes are jokes. Mm-hmm. but That's not funny. to that's me. That's not cool. That's that's my religion.
0: Anyways, <sighs> later on, we are in the uh, living room of Allison here. Ava and Dylan are on the couch. Caitlin's sitting around on the back of the couch. Ellie's got her back to them because that's how everybody has conversations in TV shows. Seriously. Yeah.
1: There's other blocking choices. I
0: think it it really stands out in this episode because there's a specific thing where Ava's very intentionally doing that. And it's like, it's called attention to. And so I feel like maybe back off that the rest of the episode.
1: It it really works in the Ava scene later. It doesn't make sense in the four episodes preceding it.
0: Yeah. Anyways, Ava says scoreboard messages are controlled by the athletic offices, which means somebody must have hacked into their computer. Or Booker did it. And Allison says, and you think it was Mason? Uh, yeah, I don't think so. Uh, Allison's holding a big vanilla, en- vanilla envelope. Uh, it's got some special forms, and it's addressed to, to her from the Rosewood family law and mediation. It's not Hastings and Hastings and Hastings and Hastings. Bummer. I don't know. Like, I feel like Spencer should be a little disappointed.
1: Well, because, okay, those text messages would be very different. Like, if she suddenly gets served papers... Yeah. And she's, what the fuck, she's like, Spencer? Text, yeah, what the fucking fuck?
0: But, I mean, did she get served? I, I kind of wish we saw that.
1: I think she, they might just got mailed to her.
0: What if, like, Mona served her? <laughs> Sorry, <laughs> no hard feelings.
1: I think you have moved on. And to prove it, here's some papers.
0: Yeah. And to prove it, Allison De Laurentiis, you've just been served.
1: Emily's taken your house. Which, really... Where's Emily living? Is she taking the house?
0: Where are the kids? Do they just like, put them up for adoption? Oh, that'd be wild.
1: Well, they are, you know, Emily's got some. Uh,
0: I guess some, Emily um, has some skin some, in that some, game, yeah.
1: Yeah, she got some skin in that game. I just, I want when Emily moves in, like it's fully her house, which remember Allison's house is like kind Jason's of house. sort of <laughs> across the street from, from Emily's house. It's yeah, also, I was just going to say.
0: <laughs> Jason point, still technically owns it.
1: Because remember, he bought it and then suddenly, like, the rest of the family just like took it over. Like, he he's comes, too stupid to realize. <laughs>
0: Jason comes back from another, like, you know, trip to build houses somewhere in South America. And it's just like, wait a minute. Allie doesn't even live here anymore. And you've moved in and you own this place now. This fucking town.
1: Well, he's just like, according to my forensic accountant, that's right. That's what I hired. That's the last time you saw me on the show. My, according to my forensic accountant, this is the last holdings of the Garosini <laughs> group. Oh, by the way, there's a thousand people in that company and I ran into the ground Trump style.
0: (laughs) Give Jason a little credit.
1: (laughs) Jason, like if I worked for the Kerasimia group and that guy moved in, he would fucking terrify me because he's like, he seems like he's gone like full, like Jack Dorsey weird.
0: (laughs) He stars himself during the weekend. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah.
1: I only eat meals every three days. Mm-hmm. One meal a day every it's three like days.
0: It's like an oxygen chamber. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I I have a hair shirt that I wear.
0: <laughs> a barrel sauna.
1: <laughs> I go to Tibet and just have monks beat the sin out of my balls or whatever.
0: <sighs> Where were we? Uh, Ava, is in, uh, <laughs> Ava says, yeah, he was in my programming class and he was good. Speaking of Mason, I'm better, but he was good. I just needed to flex right there. Which uh, time we're flex? It's like they want to remind us, oh yeah, Ava's a hacker too. Mm-hmm. just in case she's the, the big band.
1: oh 100% we're gonna get one of those what was that show that you watched was it arrow where it was just oh like God. people typing like crazy just slamming on their fingers
0: on keyboards yeah you
1: see like just like nonsense gobbledygook flying across the screen it's just like oh I'm almost in
0: mm-hmm. sorry Caitlin says yeah we can connect him to what he said in the woods uh, what happened to the vigil in the cabin and Allison's listening putting it all together and she says where you saw the blonde and Dylan says, do you guys think that the blonde and Mason could be working together? And Allie, I don't know, maybe because she just heard that she's ready to spin around and stir turn, turn, turn this shit up. She says, so who's the rat? And they all just kind of like stare at her like a little bit stunned. Uh, Allison says, I wasn't expecting an answer. But if Mason knows your secrets, he's got all the power. And Ava says, yeah, we know. And you think uh, Ava's uh, staring at Allison so intently like she's dying to become her dark apprentice? A little bit. A- Ava has the potential, perhaps. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's I don't know. It's I, I want these characters, to you know, stop being polite and start acting real.
1: Just imagine it's like Episode Eight. There's just a scene where like Allison's just like I don't know, like chopped Booker's arm off, thrown her out a window, and then like Ava like kneels down and Allison's like I pronounce you Darth Vader. <laughs>
0: Oh, I feel like it's a thing where, like, in high school, kids, like, you're just less, uh, I don't know, it's all those hormones, you're less restrained, you will Mm -hmm. interact with each other without a lot of filter, but, like, by the time you get to college and you've been there a couple years, it's, you know, it's like friendships don't form as easily, you're a little bit more reserved around people, and, like, that's what I get from these people, it's like, it's probably more accurate to college kids, but it seems like they don't have that deep friendship or even are getting there the way that uh, the PLLs do. Mm. Anyway, Allison says, if you can't tell the world your secrets, consider telling each other. Secrets have a way of keeping you close, and you need each other. Why couldn't she just say, uh, what's the line? Um, Friends tell each other secrets, that's what keeps them close.
1: Seriously, Yeah. 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 Well, also, to your point you just made, I could see that being... Good wisdom. I also wonder about Allison, because presumably Allison's gone to college in the uh the somewhere sure. in the five years forward. Yeah. But
0: like she get she went to the cracker Jack box that her degree was in.
1: Yeah. <laughs> she she went to some kind of college, like Toby went to police academy. But like uh like I feel like allison peaked in such a bizarre fucking way in her life. Like, I mean, I can't imagine I don't want to say she's in arrested development, but like she's not a normal person, right? Like <laughs>
0: By the the line is uh, friend share secrets. That's what keeps us close. I don't know why yeah. I can remember that.
1: Yeah. Uh, maybe enjoying that Beyonce a little too much, Ava. Anyway. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's like, uh, I don't know. Like I, I could see where her advice would be different for a lot of reasons from other people.
0: Yeah. Anyways, Dylan says, they're secrets for a reason. And Allie says, I didn't say this was going to be easy, Dylan, but I lived through this. None of them were like, what? Uh, my friends and I, we didn't just survive. We became family. And then I got divorced. Or at least they did. Uh, Caitlin's gotten up and wandered over some books on the window. And she says, where did you get these books? I saw in that show you that these are like really valuable. Uh, Allison says, oh, there were just a couple of boxes left in the basement. And Caitlin's slipping through them and says, this book belongs to Taylor Hotchkiss. And it's the wonderful world of Oz. Um, She comes over and shows it to perfectionist. And we see that uh, there's like some, these maps of Oz and the surrounding territories and some of them have been drawn on and crossed out and changed like Hotchkiss land and McDevitt's and uh, Dylan says she changed the maps. And Eva says, why would she do that? And now he goes, I don't know. Hmm. wonder if that's going to come back. You should remind me of
1: something that we haven't talked about at all because mm. it's so ridiculous.
0: What about the fucking motel? The motel.
1: Does Emily get that in the divorce as well?
0: Oh yeah, that's right. Remember um, the motel? The, yeah. The, uh, Ah, what is the name of that like fucking place?
1: The Lost Woods. The
0: Lost Woods Resort. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That was like their like legacy oh, yeah. from Mary Drake.
0: It's Mary Drake's <laughs> all she had left.
1: <laughs> like, so is it not going to be a thing where it's just like, Emily's like, hey, Spencer, you and I are now business partners.
0: Is this how uh, Allie continues to like, I don't know, live comfortably on a TA's wages? I And then possibly play like a alimony and child support.
1: It's so shitty to me. It's just the <laughs> Spencer's like pregnant. So she has to run off and marry Toby, which seems like a curse you would put on a person. But know, like, not, not canon. No, not canon though. We found out who wrote those text messages today. Oh, did we? Yeah.
0: I did not know that. Who wrote them?
1: Wrote written by i Marlene King and Kyle bound. Okay. Interesting. I don't mean to call anyone out, but it was, it was said by I'm King in a tweet. But so, like, it's canon until they decide something, you know, in show yeah. that they well, can know, disregard it. But, like, like, Spencer's like, what else is she doing? Like, she deserves more than just running a motel.
0: Yeah. Well, no, I mean, I think most of the, uh, the RIP Emerson stuff is well executed in this episode. Although the one thing that gives me pause, like, the, uh, the Emily we know, she will just hang on forever until you mm-hmm. cross her. And then mm-hmm. it's like, watch out.
1: There had to be something else, something that we haven't seen yeah. in the last two years. It can't just be like, like, oh, Allie, you know, we got married, you proposed, we got married, we had these two kids, and then suddenly, like, the entirety of PLO, like all seven seasons, was on Netflix, and I watched it one week. No, we're 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 through. <laughs> like something had to happen.
0: Yeah. So anyway, it's a establishing shot of the stately Hotchkiss Manor again different shot this time this is a i keep wondering if these like outdoor scenes are all like on a set it's hard to tell i don't know there's trees moving in the background
1: i excuse me i think this is real but yeah. i had to go back and like double check this wasn't the same shot because they have reused them before but now there's a gardener i mean i'm sure it's like like if you watch schitt's creek there's a couple of shots that they just reuse for I don't, every
0: other stuff. i'm sure they went and got a drone up there and just said fly that around until run out of uh you know tape or whatever <laughs> no, yeah, yeah. We'll, we'll use it
1: yeah um so we're gonna be joining claire and allison in the biggest and fanciest gazebo i've ever seen um so, this it's is like gonna
0: be quite a uh, tremendous gazebo there
1: yeah this is like the uh it's like the the gazebo where like you bring your harem for a good time but they're gonna have a little tea time full of secrets allison's brought those uh uh bomb books um And Allison's like, thank you for meeting with me. I just wanted to show you these. I found it at the house. I thought you might want to have them. And she shows Claire the, uh, like, Taylor ex-Libris. And Claire just smiles politely. And she's like, oh, you can keep them there. That's where they belong. Which is, to me, the most suspicious thing she says. Um, And Allison closes the book. And we see that this particular volume was Ozma of Oz. um, Which, again, fascinating literary connection of all this, too. But also, shout out to the 90s band that I loved. That was a mixture of Weezer and... Um, that no one ever heard of called Ozma. But uh, Claire's like, Taylor had so much imagination. She thought the Emerald City was out there in the woods around our house and she was going to find it. And Allison smiles like, that's
0: sweet. um, Real quick, this was written after you aired. I'm almost positive. So this has got to be like a shout out, right?
1: I don't know. It's too
0: weirdly specific. I don't know. Maybe it's a coincidence.
1: I mean, it kind of depends on on how the patchwork girl, like how the allusions to all that tie into Taylor. I mean, you can make mm-hmm. guesses for now, but it, like this seems like a Joseph Doherty kind of reference. I could see where, you know, whatever the committee of the writers room came up with here, I can see why he's specifically the guy who executes this. I don't know that I know the other writers enough to say I feel comfortable with it any other way. But um, Claire continues. Uh, She could overlay her own personal geography on the real world. Another polite smile from Allison. Claire's like, you've lost people, haven't you? And Allison's like, yes, I have. Did strangers tell you how brave you were? And Allison's like, or Claire's like, "Mm -hmm." mm-hmm. People have always been saying how brave I am. They said it when Nolan was killed. They said it when Taylor left. Left. They said it when my husband was shot because he walked down an alley at the precise wrong moment all that loss and look how brave she is. Just,
0: just the drop dropping into the middle of a conversation. Oh, by the way, my husband was murdered too. Okay.
1: Mm-hmm,
0: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This mm-hmm. is mm-hmm. this is how I became Batman. I don't know, Claire. That seems a little suspicious, you know? Yeah, <laughs> Once has yeah. happened since, twice is coincidence. But what the fuck, Claire? A lot of bodies.
1: Also, poor Alice, <laughs> stop bragging that you got the cheap way out of your marriage. <laughs> Uh, yeah, Allison should send Emily some like uh, like poison envelopes to lick, right. Um, no, he's just
0: like, and you, yeah, uh, he probably got a lot of insurance from that, huh? <laughs>
1: Fuck. Did you buy the house before or after? Yeah, so Allison's like, being brave can make you very tired, and Claire's like, yes, it can. So Allison says still Yeah, I don't know. <laughs> you look, you look tired.
0: You, you yeah. seem tired.
1: <laughs> oh, Kelly Rutherford, you're one of the most beautiful people on the planet, but you look a little tired um so no she doesn't she looks fantastic uh so Allison takes a sip of her tea and like something occurs to her and she's like is that why beacon guard because of your husband because you didn't want anyone else to have to be so brave and claire's like sure because he was either that or become batman well that was the idea but uh not the result and it's like i need more about that you're glossing over something huge there but allison's like yeah i'm sorry
0: it's a result it's just like it turns out the military industrial complex is really interested in this technology
1: The psychological profiling, I get that you need to have like the rats in the maze to really have enough data to correlate, to to create a profile. But the way they're talking so far about compiling it, wouldn't it make more sense if you were just running surveillance on the 7% who get accepted into
0: BHU or what have you? Isn't that what they're doing?
1: Well, no, it seems like Beacon Guard is isolated to on campus. So you're oh, already yeah,
0: yeah.
1: in school. But like, mm-hmm. wouldn't you want to then accept people like based on what Beacon Guard could tell you about
0: them? Yeah, I don't know.
1: Anyway, uh, but I, th- I think there's I don't care to have the discussion, but I think there is a discussion that's interesting out there about how people expect grief to be performed. Granted, it's a TV show. So that's like you almost kind of have to fall into certain categories. It that seems
0: like the show's very the carefully understand. It seems like the show is very carefully not addressing that in a way. I mean, they touched yeah. on it a little bit there, but still, it's like no one's really commented yet that uh, Claire Hotchkiss seems remarkably composed.
1: Well, but I, I like this detail, though. The Rather than having Claire have to continue like a monologue about like, that's why I created Beacon Guards So no one else would have to be so brave. They kind of tied into the inquisitive nature of Allison. And like like she's giving you this backstory and this thesis statement, but it's tied into her detective nature. So hmm.
0: It's interesting detail. Um, so then McCormick Hall, Ava's door apartment. Ava says, I want you coming on stage in the finale with your cello. And we see that she's got this crazy like 3d, like wireframe rendering of like this fashion show. Um, that's like yeah. showing what's going to happen in the fashion show. This, this is a little extra. Um, and she says, and I want you shredding something amazing and leading my models down the runway. Like you're the pipe Piper or something. Uh, she's talking to Dylan. Uh Dylan's like, uh, yeah, you clearly don't know what a cello is. Um, this is what you want. Uh, and he shows her a, a website page for electric sound supply. There's an electric violin that you can get for $250. Although, I don't know why. you Couldn't you just rent one? I don't know.
1: It doesn't say that anywhere on the website that you can rent it. Yeah. It's funny that he points it out. <laughs> also, it... It ships for free. There's a one-year warranty for free. There's tech support for free. Do you need tech support in a violin? Electric a, it's electric
0: violin, so... I Is mean, it like maybe. the tech support?
1: Like, hey, have you plugged it in? Have you turned it off and turned it back on?
0: I assume it's not MIDI. Um, I don't know how those things work, to be honest. I, I would assume it's just like an electric guitar which just has pickups. Um, yeah, huh. I'm not sure how much tech support you really need, but... But it's free. <laughs> Uh, and Ava like, says, he, you,
1: he knows that, though. He's like, I jerk off over this website every night.
0: Yeah. <laughs> I really just want this. So I'm going to make you buy it for me. Yeah. Uh, and it was like, Do you play the violin? He says, Yeah, it's got four strings and a bow. Of course. We can rent it, too. I mean, is that in your budget? And Ava kind of looks a little nervous. She's like, Yeah, I'll, I'll just figure out a way to cover it somehow. And he's like, Cool. <sighs> so, did you think about what Allison said? He's kind of circling the desk she's sitting at. And Ava says, About telling each other everything. And he's like, Yeah. Uh and Ava just got a sign in the background that says something like, I can't do this but I'm doing it anyway. Because she's she's so inspirational. Yeah. Uh Ava says, Yeah, you first. And he stands this back to her like everyone does. And he says, I made a mistake, that's all and I'm going to regret. And he says, if you tell me what it is, I won't judge you. I mean maybe you would, I don't know, Ava. Oh yeah.
1: Have you ever told anyone you won't judge them?
0: It's just like, you know, your your dead boyfriend? I fucked him. Are you judge me now. So,
1: so four episodes in, it hasn't been brought up. So, I'm just kind of curious now.
0: I mean, I just hope it's a, a a juicy moment when it does get brought up. You know,
1: it seems like it could be like a throwaway thing that they could all commiserate over, or like now is it just like a like a boulder dropped into an ocean or whatever? Like, yeah.
0: anyway. anyways. Also, have
1: you seen have you seen this piece of fashion behind her?
0: Uh, behind her. Oh, like, the uh,
1: man of no name, yeah, pondering the, hat.
0: The man of no name, pondering hat. I did not notice that. Interesting.
1: like, I want my models just like flicking cigarillos while you're shredding on <laughs> your electric violin. <laughs> uh, I have so many questions about that.
0: <laughs> I'm sorry. Please in, please. in the finale, when it's revealed that Ava's the uh, villain, she'll just say your spurs and then shoot someone. Uh. Uh, <laughs> anyways, Dylan says, "Not tonight. I have to find a way to tell someone else first uh, it seems like it should be pretty obvious what his secret is, you know.
1: Seriously, um, he's—he's our look. Like, maybe this is a good thing, or who even knows? Um, I can tell you because well, I found it before. There is a WikiHow article out there about how to decorate your room, like Arya Montgomery's room, oh and my. I promise you that Ava has read that shit.
2: Because
1: mm-hmm. this is like, I don't even know, the college version of Arya's room, but like, like a little more scattered
0: just a little less Aria.
1: Little, hey, like a little less lepidoptery.
0: Mm-hmm. All right. Yeah, Take it away so, with your favorite characters. Oh,
1: no, God. So Dylan's Dorm apartment. Uh, Autocorrect hates Dorm apartment. It hates it. Um, Andrew's in the bedroom area reading some paperwork with like a real sour face. We see this from the Student Medical Center with an outpatient diagnosis slash instructions. It's for a Dylan Walker, and it's talking about something called nerve compression syndrome. So that's what that but, scene in the
0: last episode is about.
1: Yeah. That very, a very subtle easy, scene. Yeah. <laughs> Very subtle, very strange scene. So Dylan comes in. He sets down his like cello case of his bag and he's like, I'm late. I know. I'm sorry. Just give me 60 seconds. I promise I'll be ready to go. I just need to find my Joan Crawford t shirt because I seem like a guy who our, our collective couple's favorite movie is Mommy Dearest. So he starts like, uh, like heading to the bedroom because they have no wire hangers there. And then he sees Andrew and like the dark clouds are hovering over him. And Andrew, referring to the paper, says, it's not snooping if you only read the top page.
0: I feel like every time he comes home to his apartment, Andrew's giving him this look for some reason or other.
1: Or this is when Andrew comes home. Yeah. The look. Yeah.
0: One way this, or the other.
1: This relationship is dying to end. It is begging you to stake it in a heart. Seriously. Like a vampire. Um, but this is, this is like, I want more of this Dylan because he's just like, that was not the top page. And Andrew's like, well, it was after I opened and closed the door a couple of times real fast to make a breeze. So, Dylan almost kind of like LOLs for a second there. Like like that's why he loves this dude. But Andrew's on a tear. And he's like, this doctor's report says you have a pinched nerve in your shoulder. You're supposed to be taking a break from playing, resting both your arm and your hand to prevent permanent nerve damage, he says as he reads it. Dylan's like, you know what? The doctor is just covering his ass. Andrew says, well, wait, it's your ass I'm worried about. You have to postpone that audition. Dylan's like, I can't do that. Andrew says, they'll understand. Dylan says, they'll move on to the next person is what they'll do. Andrew shrugs like, it's not that important, which, whew, Ooh. Man, don't do that. Don't do that. Dylan's like, it's exactly that important. Andrew's like, is there anything else you have been lying to me about? <laughs> well, nice segue. Yeah. <laughs> Dylan, eyes fluttering for a moment. Um, like, is that no. lying?
0: or I don't know. You know, what? lie by omission or something. It's
1: lie by omission. Yeah.
0: Yeah. I guess we just had to get to the next scene or the next, you know, beat here. <laughs>
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I guess they could come out like in a heated moment like this. Plus, presumably,
0: Andrew knows know he's been lied to a lot already. Right. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Because they have no they have no spark between them. But like also presumably this was Dylan's mission statement. Right. Like, I don't know if he was like, let's go out. I'm going to we're going to like watch mommy dearest. I'm going to buy this sloppy bitch some like popcorn because that's what he likes. And then we're going to come back and I'm going to be like, I fucked another dude about like a year ago or six months ago or three months ago or a year and a half ago. Who knows of time in this place? So Andrew comes closer and he's like, when we decided to be exclusive,
0: honesty was all I asked for. Yeah, he pulls out that we decided to be exclusive like once an episode. This is a thing where I don't, I I guess
1: in in different terms of, of relationships and DTRing. I guess I don't. This is an expression I would ever use. It
0: just—it just seems like if you say that more than a couple times, like if you're—if you're pulling out the when we decided to be exclusive, like once a day, maybe you shouldn't yeah. be exclusive. You
1: know? Yeah, I just I, maybe it's my, not working. In my relationships, though, that's not a word that I would use. I guess. Or we're exclusive now. Uh, to me, the word saying that we're exclusive now implies like. I'm creating a new level to downgrade (laughs) from (laughs) higher levels of commitment. We're exclusive. Oh, we're not like boyfriend, you know, boyfriend, 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 girlfriend, whatever. We're just exclusive. Anyway, Dylan says nothing. So Andrew starts to like turn back towards the bedroom with medical papers. And Dylan's like, wait, there's something I want to talk about that I need to
0: tell you. And here comes that big moment, yo. Meanwhile, at the student union, kind of seen it from a different angle. A lot of angles at student union. It's a big set. Mm -hmm. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, it's like some uh, table set up, like coffee shop type deal. You see Caitlin is getting her phone out because it's beeping. And uh, there's like an alarm set for coffee date with, Jer- with Jeremy in 30 minutes. So she's supposed to go to her coffee date. But then as she's packing her shit up to go, oh, no, Mason comes over and sits on a table. And for some reason, this is like an emergency. So she texts Jeremy and is like, sorry, suck at the library tomorrow. See? If the
1: text is from you, I mean, do you need thing. to sign it? C?
0: They they would all fucking sign on PLL, too. I feel
1: like it's a setup for the next bit.
0: I guess. Yeah. Um, yeah, we'll get to that in a bit. But, like, I don't know. Does she really need to do this now? Like, you're going to blow off your boyfriend? Uh, seems like you don't care that much about your boyfriend.
1: Well, it seems like you were totally honest with him about everything until, like, two days ago.
0: Yeah. Uh, so, anyways, Mason's, like, just sitting at a table opening a textbook to do some studying or whatever. Uh, and she kind of steals herself. She starts the audio recording app on her phone and then she gets a text message. that says, I see you a, oh, oh shit. shit! you know, if I hadn't like seen like a bunch of gifs of this before the episode even aired, it probably would have played a little better. Mm. PL marketing.
1: Yeah. Way to go, guys. You ruined it for James.
0: Yeah. And then it's like, Whoa, what the fuck A's back? And it's like, oh, no, it's just Ava. She's like in the corner. She kind of like waves. Uh, you know, she's 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 got Caitlin's back. As she said she would earlier, by just sitting nearby.
1: Apparently, I mean, like, I was. I, part of me, was like cheering <laughs> the idea of a or a tangible villain.
0: Yeah, see, I already knew about that, it, so that I was just like, eh, yeah, yeah. Um. Anyways, and then uh, Ava texts her again and says, "Go for it, but don't leave the student union. Stay where I can see you." It just it seems like they're setting up like this is the mission, but like all she does is go sit down and talk to him.
1: Well, like yeah, it's they're setting it up like. Like I'm expecting Mason to be like, I can't tell you. I need to show you. Come yeah. with me. You know.
0: Anyway, so uh, she goes over to Mason there, even though she's already recorded a couple minutes of silence. And then after commercial, we see she gets over to his table. He's he, this guy's like got a tactile neck on. Suddenly, he thinks he's Archer. <laughs> he's like really feeling himself as like the bad boy of uh, VHU now.
1: Just the tip.
0: And he. Caitlin's just like bad time, and he says, "Oh, for you, come on, it's always the right time." He closes his book, and she sits down and sets her phone on the table, very obviously like pointing the mic at him, practically, you know. Mm-hmm. And Ava's watching this, and she texts Dylan from farther, and she says, "It's happening, Student Union now." Like, is is it really happening? <laughs>
1: this shit is going down Like, wouldn't it's it not be like she more, has like a
0: ruse set up you know like
1: wouldn't it be more suspicious if Dylan showed up anywhere in the student union unless he's going to like do like the uh, like the walking shrub thing yeah. <laughs> like well, it's not going to be like oh there's your two friends who are obviously watching us
0: it's not like a, it's like a sting where like Caitlin's going to I don't know you know offer I, I guess she offers an alibi and it just it seems like it's they could have planned it more
1: yeah, I would have run this past Allison.
0: <laughs> yeah, or Mona, your you know advisor.
1: Well, I don't think they get Mona yet. They no, don't no, know they definitely how. don't. Yeah, because <laughs> like, so. once you find out about Mona, I feel like you're like Allison. You've been great. Mona teaches everything.
0: But <laughs> I don't know. That is the weird dynamic of the show is that you know once upon a time like Ali and Mona are like they're almost supernatural in mm-hmm. their uh, their spy craft their tradecraft. And so mm-hmm. it's weird to see them just moping around on a college campus. Yeah. Well, and it's like Ali was like somebody who just like would like randomly like have money hidden away like under beds and, you know, th- under floorboards and behind paintings and shit. <clears throat>
2: mm-hmm.
1: Mm-hmm. And owed money by the weird guy who makes masks. Yeah. She she'd she'd have like by a
0: single flash drive inside a lunchbox inside <clears throat> of a uh, storage unit. Well, and
1: she's left behind countless volumes of journals that were coded with yeah. secrets that are
0: important. She left in the future. A key inside a snow globe.
1: Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. But now, like, I don't know what the central what's the metaphor here. Like, is Allison by looking for Taylor like looking for that lost part of herself? Is Mona just desperate to have what she's always wanted,
0: which is to have Allison be her friend? Dude, what if I this is all a ruse by Mona? She just wants, wants the old alley back. She's like going to make it happen be- by hooker by crook.
1: She's like, uh, so there I was one day I was watching USA up all night and you've got mail was on. And I watched that third act and I was like, I could do that. I could be Tom Hanks and that it's just more nefarious and involved. <laughs> <All> <laughs> I'm going right. to go to the mattress for your ass.
0: I think it's time for you to take over for your favorite characters again.
1: Hold on. Let me cough.
0: Oh, he's coughing. Meanwhile, outside the dorm apartment, we're kind of looking through the window. You see Dylan and Andrew, yeah. uh, they've had some arguments it looks like
1: yeah uh it looks like andrew's sitting on the couch um dylan's standing gesticulating quite a bit as he explains his infidelity i don't know why i'm getting stuck with these characters um it's a rainy night we find out for these sad lovers so we go inside i'm gonna go through this as fast as i can andrew stands up zipping up is now backed or oh, do, you now want, packed, do you want to backpack. do the dialogue sure who do you want to be do you want to be andrew sure okay dylan says uh that was only that was the only time, all right. I swear. I'm sorry, all right. I I, I was stupid. I admit it. I, I I should have stopped it when it started, but I didn't. I'm sorry.
0: I so want to blame the dead guy. I know what Nolan's like. I saw him in action and I just want to dump all it on him, but I can't, can I?
1: So Dylan kind of shrugs and he's like, I love you, Andrew.
0: I just storm past.
1: And I grab you and I say, I love you.
0: <laughs> nice note there from you here. This is your last scene in the notes.
1: Uh, I wrote, wrote, it's such a bummer knowing this is one of my last scenes and I have to finish doing notes with these two
0: guys. (laughs) And then Andrew says, did you love Nolan? No. Maybe a little bit? No. Because I can guarantee you that he didn't love you. He just wanted to prove that he could do it. You know that, right? You knew that while it was happening, but you did it anyway.
1: What can I do to fix this?
0: You've done enough. I really wanted Dylan there to be like, okay, yeah, fine. I mean, high five just a little bit. It's Nolan Hotchkiss. Yeah. No, that yeah. time. Never mind. Yeah,
1: come on. He's. I want him to be like, come on, Andrew. Dude was a prick, but he could get it. And he did. <laughs> <laughs> or the whole thing where it's like they work out a deal and like Andrew gets one free pass.
0: Yeah. And Andrew's like, a...
1: I'm gonna go fuck your buddy Mason Gregory. And Dylan's like, nope, deal, deal rescinded. <laughs> that guy's five foot tall. Why would you even do that? Anyway, uh, so Andrew starts to leave. Dylan grabs his arm. And he's like, no, where are you going?
0: Oh, Sorry, I have to catch up from where I am here. Uh, mm-hmm. I don't know. I just can't be here right now.
1: You asked me to be honest. You said that I could tell you anything.
0: Yeah, well, that was a mistake. I overestimated myself and you. Boom, Slam the door. Don't worry, Dylan. You just, if you can hang on till season two, maybe a cyber wolf will show up and be a better relationship. Oh, that would be wild, Dylan. I know that I'm uh, four to eight years older than you, but I am going to rock your world. I just I feel like it's because these like the the relationships that were happening already when we started the show. I'm so uninvested mm-hmm. in them. You know, like mm-hmm. I don't really care about Caitlyn and Jeremy. Super don't care about Dylan and uh, Andrew here. It's like the jettison them, get to the new people.
1: You know the the jeremy thing you mentioned a comment and i wanted to touch on that i kind of wonder in the process of like crafting the pilot and then they had like the synopsis that they released of like the or the yeah um,
0: the rocket science
1: the dramatis personae and it's like did somebody like then get into the writer's room when they was staffed and be like why is there rockets <laughs> and then somebody was like well rocket scientists we could just use that i mean it's just a generic expression right he's a smart guy His degree was else is like you know, someone else is like, but it says rockets. I want to do a whole rocket thing. And then I want someone else to be like, literally how?
0: <laughs> oh, I'll tell you how. There's there's actually a thing for that later in the episode.
1: Ooh.
0: Yeah. Anyway, oh, it's satellite. Yes. Yeah, yeah, satellite. So we're going to catch Allison's satellite. Place. We start with that picture for the PLL finale. Uh, it's the Emerson shot where they're holding up the uh, the Renison babies there. Or no, those would be Renally, right? Rennelly.
1: Yeah. Yeah. The innocent babies with a side of Renally. You can actually DNA, see yeah.
0: that it's Shane Mitchell this time. That's a nice improvement.
1: So where is the photo of uh like the ultra jacked uh Ren from?
0: Uh Julian Morris. I had no idea. I just saw that on online. I was like, what the fuck?
1: So I'm looking at that, and it's like he's like unnecessarily jacked. Like he's like Brant dougherty yeah, he's, like he's yoked like weird veins, like also like do you ever want to see Ren's bush Because there (laughs) it is (laughs) like and i just i repeated the his his last name from new girl
0: it goes in (laughs) (laughs) you. anyways what
2: a weird picture
0: (laughs) so mona's here mona says i don't know what this list is but maybe it does have something to do with taylor and we pan over and we see all the oz books are there and alison's like putting them away and Picking up that photo to reflect on as Mona's talking behind her. Mona says, okay, you and Caitlin have some personality traits in common, but who the hell is Ray Hogadorn? He's not on the faculty. Was this like,
1: it's like a...
0: Keep saying specifically,
1: who the hell is Ray Hogadorn?"
0: Sorry, you cut off the a second. What was that?
1: I was like, was it like a hashtag during the airing of the episode? Because they keep specifically saying, who the hell is Ray Hogadorn?"
0: Do they still do the hashtags? I don't know. Uh, yeah, I wonder. Um, I don't know yeah who's your daddy was that no not the daddy not the daddy yeah not the father not the father
1: not the the daddy is something else (laughs) when you can't get it you're not the daddy yeah
0: you're not hiring lodge
1: every time Ken larentis shows up it's like hashtag not the daddy
0: for real so anyway who the hell is ray hogadorn he's not on the faculty he's not a student Mm. I'm going to start matching social security numbers to names and see if I can find them. Why haven't you done this already, Mona? Yeah. yeah you're Mona. Uh, so Ali's just kind of staring off in the distance. Mona notices. She's like, hello, Mona and Allison. Anybody home? Ali sets a photo down and says, I saw a picture of Emily and the girls on Insta today. She stopped wearing her wedding ring. And Mona's just like, oh, here we go. And Mona says, so what does that mean? And Allison says, she's moved on. And Mona's like, and you haven't? He's mm-hmm. like, I guess not. And Mona gets up and comes closer. She's got to lay the straight dope on Allie here. She says, "Allie, you moved across the country. This tells me you knew how it was going to end. Not if you understand, seriously. (laughs) And Allie says, yeah, I convinced myself that I came here with a clean slate. That I could prove to Emily that I could live a trustworthy life. Maybe win her back. But I realized the truth is it was just too hard to be there close to her and knowing that we wouldn't be together. And Mona kind of has smiles. She takes Ali's hand in support and says, look, I think you've moved on, Allison. He just never said it out loud. And Allie kind of sees the wisdom in this and says, thanks, Mona. And Mona smiles, but then, you know, she can't help but note a, a flaw in the pattern there. In the background, she points at those Oz books and says, you're missing a book. And uh, Allie says, they're tailors. And Mona says, well, there's still one missing, the Patchwork Girl of Oz. And Allie says, okay, well, those were all the books in the box. And Mona says, okay, I don't want to talk about you. I want to talk about me. What am I going to do about Bad Bishop?
1: So I wrote in my notes that Mona's being me. I say that I'd realized three times a day during a work day. That Mona's what? That she's being me. Mm. I say, stop talking about what you're talking about. Talk about what I want to talk about. Because I'm a nightmare.
0: I'm sorry. I didn't mean to interrupt you. Talk about what you want to talk about. Sally's like, I literally don't know who the fuck Bad Bishop is. you never said that before. Uh, no, she says, uh, what do you know about them? And Mona says, nothing except the way they think. And Ali kind of does a little twitch and says, "I that should be enough for you." Not a twitch. Not a twitch.
1: Not a twitch.
0: I don't know. I already edited your notes out of there. I take away some of your commentary.
1: That's fine. I wrote scandalous twinkle.
0: scandalous twinkle. Okay.
1: Twitch would be something else, though, wouldn't it?
0: Maybe (laughs) depends on what's twitching.
1: Like oh, there we go. Like, I also did exhibit a strange rictus, and she was like, Should be enough for you,
0: <laughs> anyway.
1: anyway. So, dark establishing shot of the snow covered student
0: union night. Is that snow? It looks like snow. I don't know. I was gonna say, like, we haven't seen any other snow on the ground. It's a Whatever. very white it's, roof,
1: yeah. Maybe it's just a white roof, so. Lovely day for a white roof, y'all. So inside, Caitlin has her phone on the table, very obviously, again, pointed as Mason as she attempts to bamboozle him into incriminating himself. And she says, so why did you ask me um, that after the funeral about me needing an alibi? And he's like, ah, old habits die hard. You know, what old habits are those? I was feeling protective of you. And Caitlin it's like, "Mm, bullshit. Are you sure you don't need an alibi? And he's like, yeah, yeah, I'm sure. I was at a party at the boathouse. Um, which is funny because bro you seem like you had just shown up out of town for that funeral and that you didn't go to BHU but now you've been here forever though you missed the first day of Mr. De Laurentiis' class
0: yeah you've got a whole posse and everything suddenly
1: yeah you I don't do know like, that the, kid, um,
0: I like the two shot here of them both like facing each other I I wish they did the, this more in these two hander shots like mm-hmm. it's, it's so often it's just one side or the other you know but I really like it when you kind of pull out a little bit
1: well, also the nice thing about this, this new big set of theirs, which they're going to use a lot. Um, it's, like, it's like the bronze and the quad from the school and a couple other things like, combined. But like, there's depth. There's this yeah. nice, juicy depth that they can play with. Um, so Caitlin's just like, oh, all night? And he nods, like, trying to project confidence. She smiles, tries to keep a sweet disposition. Uh, she's like, Mason, you know you can tell me the truth about anything. And he gives us like, this asshole chuckle. And he's like, you know, that's funny. Because I was going to say the same thing to you. And, and don't worry, I would never rat you out. Oh, shit, he said rat. Yeah, she's like fucking, oh, my God, that super common phrase that people use for this kind of thing. And he's like, yeah, that's right. I know you like Nolan did, the good, the bad, and the British. You know, Nolan put up with it, but I don't like him for you. I mean, now it's like he's just dropped this like ice cold threat. Uh, and for some reason, Caitlin's like totally just discombobulated and like flummoxed about this. She looks down, defeated, and he's just taking that as a victory. Um, and He's like, you know, I'm glad you came around, Kate. I'm going to give you a call tomorrow. You'll answer, right? Oh, my God. What a, what a creepy threat, he says, um, with that. She nods, saying nothing, like real Lyndon St. James here,
0: yo, right? Uh, Nate St. Germain, Lyndon yeah, James, yeah. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mason's
1: like, good. And he grabs his bag and leaves. Um, so, I would have loved it if you have been tape recording her, too
0: he may have. He's working for Booker. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, so as soon as he's gone, like Ava stomps over to see what happened. Caitlin picks up her phone, tucks it under her arm like she's trying to hide it now. And he was like, you look like you saw a ghost. What did he say? And Caitlin's like, nothing. He has an alibi. He was at a party. And he was like, well, that's not an alibi. People have seen me leaving a great, having a great time at parties I've never went to.
0: Explore that a little.
1: Uh, I think Ava is commenting on she's got a very dynamic social life. It's like a okay. big deal. Like, uh, you know, the people who like, like drink the punch and they swear that it was like spiked. Um, everyone wants to have an Ava Jalali at their party. Have you even seen her man of no name fashion? She's hot. She's a big deal. YouTube brand. Um, so I would say like, what is the most interesting thing about Ava is her social life? <laughs> anyway, it was like, well, play the recording. Maybe there's something that you missed. And Caitlin's like, just drop it. I don't think he's our guy. She leans back, picks up her bag to go. And Ava's like, Caitlin, what about the... And Caitlin's like, I said, drop it. She glares at Ava, pissed now, takes off, leaving Ava to wonder what the fuck was that about. And we go into a commercial.
0: So based on the big Caitlin secret we learned later on, it really... It's not clear why Caitlin's freaking out so much here. Like, there was nothing in that conversation to suggest he knew anything about her Ava secret. But whatever.
1: I I guess it's just like a matter of because Ava's here and it's like we need to have some kind of new tension points, particularly between these two characters.
0: Yeah, which is still tied but it, up like, to Nolan. it really makes it seem like he's indicating that he knows about Jeremy, not about some yeah. other secret.
1: He's actually very vague.
0: <laughs> yeah. Oh, yeah, there's a lot of vagueness in that. Uh, anyways, after the break, we are going to find ourselves in Dylan's dorm apartment. Ava's here. She's just, like, leaning against this fancy wood partition between the living room and bedrooms here. Dylan's just, like, staring away, lost in thought. And Ava said, she looked me in the eyes and lied to me. I'm unaware of the title of this show. She was afraid of something, and she didn't want me to know. This scene is hilarious to me because this
1: is, like, like an Ari and Emily scene, I feel like. Yeah. Like I feel like they would, they would constantly have these scenes. Yeah, you know? I can
0: see that. So Dylan's not answering. He's just like spacing out because Desperado's on the radio. And it was just like, Dylan, just shut up for a moment.
1: (laughs) What about witchy woman?
0: (laughs) So uh, he said darts and he like kind of manages a week like, huh? Before he eventually snaps out of it and says, Andrew and I got in a fight. And his face is just like, oh, who could care? My lack of a ship has unleashed me to be a proper PLL crazy pants lady. Uh, Also, who's Andrew? (laughs) Yeah, seriously. Uh, Ava says, uh, do you want to talk about it? And he shakes his head. He's like, I can't. I mean, yeah, you can, Dylan. Like, the hard part's over. You ripped the Band-Aid off. Like, what? I don't know. Plus. You don't have to tell her everything. Just say, I I fucked around. You know, I, I told the guy, told my boyfriend, Andrew, and he's pissed.
1: Also, you tell me, is this a generalization? Am I a bad person? I just assume that certain people with certain jobs and skills, college professors, airline pilots, guys who teach some kind of class at the gym, people who play electric violins. I assume they're always cheating on their significant others.
0: Oh, band kid, you know? Yeah.
1: Yeah. Oh yeah. Yeah. Plus electric violin. It's very specialized. That means
0: it's like the backup to the backup in yellow card. Yeah.
1: So the word exclusive means nothing to you.
0: It was says some more secrets. And he's like, no, same secret. I just made the mistake of being honest about it. Like, I think we can kind of figure out what you were honest about, dude. I mean, come on. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so she struts over and sits next to him and she's like, look, whatever it is, it's obvious that you love him. And even Dylan doesn't really buy this. He flops back on his bed. He says, yeah, well, I don't know if that'll get us through it. He sighs and she reaches over and squeezes his hand and she's like, I'm sorry. Do you want to go get drunk? Fuck. Yeah. And he has so many
1: red solo cups left.
0: And there's just like these flashes of like, I don't know, the fun these kids should be having. Because they're in college. Uh, anyways, he laughs and uh, he says, in a perfect world, yes, but I think I need to talk to Caitlin. He pulls his phone out and, so, and he was like, what makes you think she'll be honest with you? And he says, well, instead of just you, it'll be both of us, two against one. That's it just it's amazing logic. Uh, mm-hmm. So they both smile like this is a really great point. And he was like, okay, fine. I like the odds. So he holds up his phone and listens for a while. And then he shrugs and he's like straight to voicemail. Wah, wah, wah.
1: I feel like every call that Dylan's made in the show has gone straight to voicemail.
0: <laughs> yeah, pretty much.
1: Like it's doing like, do I even have your guys' numbers? <laughs> uh so the sensitive acoustic guitar plinks its way out of the scene into another drone established shot of the campus in daytime, headed for the field house. Is that the uh pavilion/slash track thing? that that we're talking the stands, about? The bleachers, yeah. Covered bleachers. So we're down on the track as Caitlin is like jogging in leggings in a sports bra. Um I don't want to follow just that note, what she's wearing. But, like, again, Sydney Park looks amazing in the scene. Like, hmm. just, like, the way the light shines on her, like, she looks fantastic.
0: Well, it's because she's got, like, gold, like, flex on her outfit there. So, it's literally, like, or reflecting I just, gold. Like, when
1: you get to close-ups of her, like, when she's talking to What's-His-Name, like, she looks fantastic. Okay. Um, the camera and the sunlight just love her. So, she looks over, and there's Jeremy just, like, staring at her, like, the shape from Halloween and the bleachers. Uh, but, like,
0: more fashionable.
1: Like, like, uh, like if Daniel Craig was the it's a shape
0: the way it's filmed because like the camera's like tracking like as though you're like POV as you go by you know and he's just mm-hmm. like standing there staring like I don't know it's such a
1: he's he's standing there like like
0: it's G- like a horror Q, movie shot
1: GQ G- G- Joe Goldberg yeah Um. so she turns to the other girl she's jogging with and she's like hey whoever you two are I'll catch up so she slows She shots over to Jeremy coming to the stands me. grab her chick. yeah <laughs> she's that character
0: now uh, Akin's like what are you doing here? It's not safe. And um, So, okay, if it's not safe here because you're worried about the surveillance or whatever, like, shouldn't you have not been having a conversation here earlier? Seriously. Seriously. Like,
1: okay. I don't know. what I don't know. Whatever. Yeah. Um, so he's kind of pissy. He's like, how are things at the library? Did you have fun helping the exterminators? And she's like, I don't follow you. And he's like, right. Well, when I got your text about being in the library, I went over there because I thought I, we could be just as respectful there as in town. The library was closed. She's annoyed. and She's like, were you checking up on me? He's like, no, but maybe I should. She's like, I mean, I had to change the plan. Something just came up. It's nothing for you to get suspicious about. Oh, I, I wasn't suspicious until we started this conversation, even though that doesn't seem like it's true because I'm here. So she looks away, irritated. Um, over his shoulders, we see this like blurry figure moving in to watch from the top of the stands. And he's like, no one's dead, but you're still acting like someone's controlling you. She's like, like, like telling this dude everything up until like two days ago. Yeah. So the camera rack focuses the reveal that the person watching them from the stands is indeed Mason. No one had a lot of jam. Mason's got a lot of time. Um, Caitlin nice. sees them and audibly gasps, And she's like, you shouldn't be here. I promise I'll find you later. Okay, just go. So he gives her like a slight untrusting nod, grabs his very British briefcase and takes off. Caitlin feels awful. She looks up to see that asshole Mason smiling and he just waves at her like he's in the fucking mafia or something. And like, uh, yeah, the fucking Costa Nostra is keeping tabs. And she glares, and like walks back down to the track.
0: And yeah, I just can't take this guy seriously. Um, So what's the most obvious real play here? Is it like maybe Booker has busted Mason for something else? Yes.
1: Yes, yeah. And she's he, just
0: like, you want to work it off?
1: Here's my thing. I feel like he found Nolan's stash, which was indeed just like uh, marijuana, And then, like, Booker busted him. And she's like, eh, fuck it, Pacific Northwest. You don't know how legal or illegal this is. You're working for me now, bitch. And he's just like, oh, okay. I don't know. I don't know, man. Like, I would love if he had, like, an earpiece in his ear and she's, like, feeding him lines
0: now wave like an asshole yeah that's right you're good at <laughs> that aren't you
1: here's what you're gonna do take this it's your prop he's like this is an empty coffee cup and she's like i know
0: yeah so we're gonna cut to also, allies can
1: you just put it on tabs like at the student union i don't that's i mean what you like swipe a card or something
0: you could maybe put it on your own tab but i don't know okay. if you could put don't it on your
1: student id yeah. for that. <laughs> yeah i
0: don't know so cut to allie's place we're looking at the fireplace and then there's kind of like a cool pullback as we see on like each side of the frame, uh, it's Allie and Caitlin talking to each other on the couch, having mm-hmm. some tea. Caitlin says, Thank you so much for meeting with me. I'm sorry it was late notice. And Allie just kind of gives a little shrug and she says, It sounded urgent. Caitlin says, Yesterday when you were talking about how sharing your secrets keep you close, was that just for us or meant for the outside world? I don't really know what that line means. Like what outside world?
1: Good question. Yeah. Allison's uh, like,
0: I'm high, so Ali I I think she's high in the scene. That's my theory on the, the way she plays this she's, scene. Her eyes are like a little droopy. She's
1: like, Caitlin, oh. like, I'm not gonna lie to you. There's a lot of pills in my medicine cabinet. Some are mine, some are Taylor's. I just kind of grab one of everything. Some are chill chew- and just like chewable tunnel, some are doctor prescribed. <laughs> I don't know what that pink elephant's doing on your head, but it it looks threatening.
0: I feel great right now.
1: <laughs> I can't feel my toes, so they're in the next room.
0: So Holly says, uh, "Depends on how outside we're talking about." And Caitlin looks down and she says, "Um, I have a boyfriend, Jeremy. He's not just my boyfriend. I'm, I'm in love with him." And Holly's face is just like, "Oh, who could care?" And Caitlin, like, uh, big inhale, and she says, "Nolan knew about him, and he looked the other way so that we could be this perfect couple to cover for him and Ava." Uh, so who's looking the other way for who here? Is that how it works? Are you looking the other way? <laughs> So is Jeremy looking the other way so that Ava – so that uh, Caitlin and Nolan can pretend to be the perfect couple? Or is Nolan looking away? You're
1: asking who is the he who is indeed looking away? Yes,
0: yes. Which is
1: confusing because then the he presumably would transform into the him as in the him and (laughs) Ava. Everyone's covering for everyone. And it's all associated with Caitlin. Cover for me. I – I think it's supposed to imply that Nolan is the one looking the other way because that's what Mason says earlier. Like Nolan looked the other way. Sure, that's not exactly what's happening here. It's not like, you know, like Nolan knew that his significant other was cheating on him and he just put up with it, hoping that the bird would come back to the cage or whatever. Well, the, the like, weird thing is that all up
0: blackmailing her until the end of this episode, all of Caitlin's stuff is implying that her big secret is jeremy and then it's like whoop no just kidding
1: thank fuck we got away from just this yeah like i mean i don't know i mean I, I actually really like the scene to come but like it makes a little more sense even though it doesn't make any sense at all
0: <laughs> yeah it's like oh well, if you guys had established that that'd make a lot of sense yeah uh yeah, Sally, yeah. ellie not she's just fucking high as balls right now she doesn't know what the fuck caitlin's talking about caitlin <laughs> says jeremy knew about nolan knew what 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 did Jeremy know about Nolan? I don't know. Uh, about what Nolan was holding over me. He's, okay, so he knew about the mom's blackmail?
1: We know that. She mentioned that when she was like yeah. sexy studying his place.
0: Uh, so she sighs and says, I want to be honest with him now, me and Jeremy. Uh, I didn't want to drag him into this. If I tell him the truth, he's going to go after Mason.
1: You know, Jeremy and Mason might be the ineffectual slap fight that this show is demanding.
0: Yeah, I don't know who would win that.
1: I don't know. I mean, whoa.
0: I mean, does Mason have his uh, or not Mason? uh, Does Jeremy have his attache case with them? Because I think that might give him an advantage.
1: I feel like Jeremy has an advantage because he has the height differential. He's at least almost six foot. Mason's like four, six.
0: If Mason had actual coffee in his coffee cup, though, he could throw it in Jeremy's face. I think that.
1: But like, what if Mason just like took like this super dorky stance and he was just like, sorry, old chap. I took a first in boxing at Oxford. (laughs)
0: I think Mason's move is he he does that thing where he like lunges forward like down on one knee and just punches right in the balls.
1: Oh, yeah, I would love that. I would love that. And then like meanwhile, Allison's like, are my cheeks melting?
0: Yeah. So, yeah, Ali's totally blitzed. She says, so you think lying to Jeremy will keep him safe? I'm talking about me right now.
1: The colors in my
0: hair. And Caitlin says, if anything happened to Jeremy, and you know, Ali's like, this is a tough one, Caitlin. I can't to good conscience tell you to, oh, oh, uh, to, let's just say lie probably, right? Tell you to lie to somebody that you love. But I would. But I would. You're <laughs> Alice <also> you <delirious. laughs> <laughs> Her relationship is built on trust. But, <laughs> but, but, I've been in your position and I've lied. And it may oh, ruined us, but it, keeping her safe was more important to me. And Caitlin nods like this is just totally a normal thing for your literature TA to tell you. Uh, so this line that Allie's referring to you referring to uh, is this something we already saw on PLL? Or is, is this lying to keep Emily safe, something that has happened between endgame and the perfectionist pilot?
1: I feel like it's it's ripe for retconning in either direction. I feel like half the people will accept this as things we've already seen. My my assumption is that this is for if you get to bring in, say Fuck. I don't even know. Like an Alex Drake or somebody or something and she has an encounter of Allison. She lies down. You know, like there's, there's, it, it can go either way. It's yeah. wiggle room. I just
0: realized I, I, for some reason in my mind, the last episode of uh, PLL's Endgame and it's not, it's still Death to Us part.
1: It should have been Endgame. Yeah. You could Oh, imagine if like you could have gotten that before the, the Avengers.
0: The memes. They're waiting oh, for us. seriously. Yeah. So Caitlin seriously. says, uh, that's why you need friends who are like family and Allie nods. She's blotto and she's like, yeah. Caitlin looks down, nodding herself like she knows what she needs to do now.
1: Uh, excuse me, I have divorce papers to sign. Um, I kept waiting for Allison to be like, Caitlin, and I mean this in all seriousness. And I, I didn't say it before because I had forgotten your name because of all the pills. But uh, have you thought about moving cross country, getting a job
0: at a college no one's ever heard of? Would that help your situation? Or Where have I said that before? Like, mm. Caitlin, this is going to sound condescending. And I, I know you're going to be mad at me for saying it. And I know it's asinine to say this will make sense one day, but you're like 20. <laughs> okay.
1: It, this is the worst problem you ever have. I'm so happy for you. <laughs> have you ever had your mom bury you alive? Yeah. Uh, oh, there's my hand. I thought I had lost it. Oh, these pills are great. <laughs> Meanwhile,
0: over at Casa <laughs> Vanderval. Uh,
1: Oh, God. So Mona is um, on her couch, hacking away on a school-issue laptop, and she says to herself, okay, tap, 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 how is Ray connected to Allison and Caitlin? She does a search on, on screen for Ray Hagadorn. It's running, nothing yet. She sighs, she types some more. Got a custom chest notification, bad bishop to four moves. You know, the, the notation and the comments, let's finish this maybe game it's, in person. Maybe
0: it's four moves to an orgasm. You think that... You know how in Kill Bill, Uma Thurman has like her like five, five finger, finger touch? Yeah. yeah.
1: You think Mona's got a five finger uh
0: Mona touch? It's like in club dread, yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, <laughs> club dread.
1: <laughs> you
2: Piccadilly a <laughs>
1: um, <laughs> this is something to be explored like Mona's like like Bruce Wayne, she's gone into bats, like she's like learned from the masters but they're like, "Oh,
0: these moves were never meant for killing." <laughs>
1: They were meant for self gratification. That's what Monica's they're going like, to find. Mason, just
0: a big fucking smile on his face. Like a Joker smile frozen <laughs> on his face.
1: Just dehydrated. Cause it turned out unlike Nolan Hotchkiss, he didn't have enough jam to survive the night.
0: Not enough loads.
1: <laughs> I, I made the deal with Andrew. You did. Oh, do it. That's true. Yeah. Um. So yeah, let's finish the game in person. Um. She chuckles. Mona's like, Oh, I bet you like that. Wouldn't you? Wouldn't you Mona Mona? Mona, hi. Mona, it's your buddy. Wouldn't you? So she types uh, on her laptop, and we see that chessboard on her screen. There's a little chat window on the side. She responds, uh, you asked for it. Crimson Eagle will confirm time. Mona smiles. She reaches, like, take a sip from a glass of Pinot. Horny as fuck at
0: all it's, this incognito
1: chess flirtation.
0: Is Crimson Eagle, like, uh, the name of a coffee shop, I hope? Or... It's, that's the move that she's going to use. Okay. I'm going to go full that's Crimson Eagle on your ass. Before the... the, four, the The Crimson Eagle four-move, yeah, we'll we'll workshop it.
1: Hey, if you don't know what Crimson Eagle is, you can't afford Crimson Eagle, all right? Um, Yeah, Bad Bishop's like, perfect, put a chess piece on your table. That's how I'll know you. This is sexy. Um, So, like, Mona giggles, takes another sip, excited as hell. Uh, Internet, hi, Internet. I need a gif of the horny satisfaction with which Mona sips that wine. I need it. I don't want it. I need it. It's the closest we've ever gotten to the horny satisfaction of it. She's slipped that wine mm-hmm. at Toby's place and Spencer's crying outside. These aren't things I want. These are things I need. So we cut to Ava's like loft dorm apartment. Um,
0: oh, we fully see the the layout now. There's definitely two rooms and two doors here. So
1: Here's my question slash theory for you. What if this is meant to be two dorms, two living spaces? Has she and knocked like down a maybe- wall. Well, like, maybe there's, like, a bathroom in between. It's, like, it's a hallway. And, like, this is the thing is, like, two people have to kind of share this hallway. And then what if she's just, like, it turns out I am flush with cash. So there, and she just,
0: like, buys both. There is maybe, there's, like, maybe, like, a, a sliding door in between. So there could be a bathroom there, yeah. Because this is, well, all, like, this like, is like a, a super long shot here. It's, like, one long tracking shot. So we see the whole layout.
1: But, like, what if she just bought both things? And it's just, like, I'm going to make this my office.
0: I guess, yeah. Just throw the other bed out the window.
1: <laughs> I would love that. Shoves it out a window, falls to the campus below.
0: <laughs> I can't do this, but I'm doing it anyway.
1: <sighs> what a weird mantra. Like, that's not a mantra of, like, a confident person with their own YouTube channel, right? No, that's
0: a mantra of somebody who buys, the, like, inspirational wall art from Target.
1: Or, like, World Market, if that. I don't know.
0: <laughs> oh, don't don't you diss Plus, man.
1: Hey, Plus is the shit. Uh-huh. It is the shit. I need to go to Cosplus. Um, so she picks a piece of paper from her desk examines one of those designs when all of a sudden the sound of a music box chimes in the bedroom, which sounds exactly like a ringtone. So she's like, the fuck? She drops her design sketch. She marches over to the bedroom. It's all, like said, one shot. She moves down the hall into the bedroom area. We pull out to see a, a wide that there's a small music box in her bedspread. So she slows for a moment, coming closer to pick it up like she recognizes it. It continues to play. She sets it carefully back down, a look of wonder and fear in her face. As she rushes to the second door in the storm room. She yanks that door open and leans out, and she's like, Dad? No one's in the hall, though. So she hurries back to the window on the other side of the room and yanks the curtain open, and the shot finally cuts to one of her from outside looking through the window. Ava may not see her dad outside, though I don't know why he'd be outside, because he wouldn't be able to see her yeah. or her reaction from there. But now she's flashbacking.
0: Her, uh, her dorm room number is 314, which I find. Curious, uh, why? I don't know. It's a good number because it's not because it's not two fourteen. No, it's three fourteen. So I, I guess we can assume she had one of these music boxes as a kid or something. Like we never pay it off, really. But I mean, you know, you can do the math.
1: It's a nice little flashback to like the little Ava from that build their first puppy and like gets a music box as a reward or something.
0: Yeah. Uh, anyway, flashback to her first visit to B H U with her father. They're walking through the student union, he's got like a pamphlet of the place he's checking out. Her hair is different here, I think it's way better. She's like got the preppy high school thing going on. Mm-hmm. I think, I think the side part is better than the center part for Ava. And um, uh, hmm. her dad is uh, woof. Uh, this-, this
1: guy has been Philip Reese has been in. So many fucking things. Uh, he's been in 24. He's been in CSI. He's a British actor. He's been in Nip Tuck. He's been in fucking fuck ton of shit. A lot of people have said something about a Disney Channel thing that. Sorry guys, we never saw. He was protozoa um,
0: apparently. Yeah.
1: Yeah, he's one of the husbands of River Song. I mean, he's been in a shit ton of
0: things. And here God. he's just like, this is the place for you, Ava. There's and no he will doubt be about in, it. In one other episode of Perfectionist. Uh, Sorry, that's IMDb, that's not a spoiler. Okay, yeah, so Ava's walking ahead, kind of fingers intertwined in her chest, she's nervous, she's like, you're right, it's great, but she looks like she's about to cry, and he's like, what's wrong? I thought B.H.U. was your top choice. And was like, Dad, look around. <laughs> you see, this guy's older is really weird. Uh, so she's like, Dad, look around, and she's like a bunch of random-ass kids, and Ava says, also, these are the are 7%. You,
1: were you not expecting her to point out that this, uh, this student union is pretty white right now?
0: Yeah, I, w- I was expecting something else here. Like, I'll, I I don't know, I won't fit in or, you know, yeah, yeah. I don't know, something. These are all like richer than us or, you know.
1: Also, I love that he's they've they've come from somewhere else. They've traveled for this campus visit. The thing that he's really impressed by is the catalog.
0: Yeah, you're in the student union, dude. Uh,
1: Show me the lab where they like make the lasers, that like, cuts Bond in half, starting off as junk.
0: Well, it's even weirder because she says these are the 7%. I'm like, uh, it's not exactly the 1%. Um, where are you going with this, Ava? Uh, and he, he's like, well, the what? And she says, the acceptance rate here is 7%. And he's just like, don't worry about it, Ava. I've got money. No, he says, uh, <laughs> but you knew that it's before we came here. The American
1: education system.
0: Yeah, it was still your top choice. And she turns to him and says, with everything going on, maybe I should go to school close to home. And he's like, Ava, it's just an investigation. Let's not let the FBI and their antics ruin this for us. This is where you belong, far away from the mess I got myself into. And he gives her this, like, cheesy smile that really lacks confidence. He's like, he's you are my junior. beautiful dreamer. And this can be your fresh start. And flashback. Mm.
1: So, no fresh start for you, Ava.
0: <laughs> nope. Uh, we don't see what's outside the window, but obviously it's not dad.
1: This is why she needs to become Allison's dark apprentice. There are no fresh starts for these two. Um, you just want it so, to be
0: more pulpy, I guess, you know?
1: Yeah, yeah, I I really do. Um, after the commercial, we've got some upbeat cello music playing as Mona picks up a knight chess piece. Not the queen, Mona, not the queen. Uh, she hesitates, she inhales. I wonder if she's just been, like, agonizing over which chess piece to bring.
0: Knight's a good choice. Yeah, it's not bad. Solid. It's the um, uh, most, uh, well, not versatile, that'd be the queen, but the you know the tricky one. It goes in the, the weird angles. Comes at you sideways.
1: <laughs> so Mona's like, I'm going to go rub one out real quick now that I think about it. It's moves. <laughs> <laughs> Four moves, and I'm spent. Uh, so she hesitates, she inhales, she's nervous, she's doing this. Uh, she pockets that piece, she walks over to the mirror on the wall, she straightens her hair a little, gives herself a little saucy smile, and she's like, flawless and she's as usual correct um she frowns like she's not getting something she expects she taps on the mirror then she like starts to pull it out from the wall a little bit like 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 like, yeah Yeah, this is so tantalizing this is what i want i i love this tease as we edge through mona in the mirror universe what if
0: what if we hadn't had that scene though wouldn't it be better well because because like the ending scene? Because the other scenes are great. The, 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 scene, the, the end scene from the pilot. If we hadn't yeah. had that one scene, we'd still just be like, what's going on here?
1: Yeah, I, I just don't know. Um, <laughs> so there's a beeping behind her. She's distracted from the mirror. She turns back. She sees a positive match on her laptop for one Ray Hagedorn. Uh, at number 214 at the Ho- Brian J. Holdman Annex. Um, so Emona smiles and chagrin. She leans forward to type something map comes up on the BHU campus and she's like, hello, Mr. Hoggdorn. So she hits a key and the map ships to the address location of the Brian J. Holman annex, which we see is scheduled for demolition. I love that. That's on the map. Just to <laughs> let you know, Emona like, damn, I'm good. So it looks like her date will have to wait, which is like you said, maybe why Taylor's coming back to the
0: trailer at the end. Oh, I think so. I don't know. Is Taylor dressed for a date? Well, she'd have to go incognito, Right maybe I guess I I, I mean like she can't go out in like nice clothing to a a local coffee shop she's got to like wear like the big jacket yeah I think Mona understand
1: and I I haven't actually seen into the wild which is kind of how Taylor's living out in the woods but like I don't know if that guy's gone on any dates and he dresses up but yeah so we don't ever see her like text or hop on the laptop and like type something to bad bishop so it's like Mona just stood her up cold Mm -hmm. sorry my true love is uh Mystery Mysteries. solving them, so I mean, you know,
0: yeah, allies, they it's drinking glass of wine. Yeah, it's, it's my turn. R.I.P. E. Amazon, she's at home with her hair up in a messy ponytail. That, that talk with Caitlin really messed her up. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Uh, on the computer in the foreground is a short email open and ready to be sent. There's like some really like pulsing but mournful synth base of impending divorce playing on the soundtrack here. They're gonna get uh-huh. a close up on that letter. The letter says, "Dear M, I'm sorry I haven't returned your calls. This last step has been hard for me. I love you, Allison." And huge that, font, yeah, really big, really big font. I mean, it's her, it's her presbyopia, you know.
1: <laughs> so I don't have to wear my glasses when yeah. I type this. I got the ADA settings turned way up on my laptop.
0: So you got this really just you know synth based slap in there. And the lyrics are the voices spin in the quiet, simmer in your head. Find the peace in the riot. Oh, it's better here than dead. Allie struts over to the computer, hesitates her finger over the return key, and then reluctantly presses it. Boom, mail sent. R.E.P. Allison. A single tear rolls down her cheek. She pulls out some papers that she's been mailed and signs on the line. We see Emily's name is above hers, already signed. The lyrics say, "Shadows hide in the corners, how they lay in wait. Leave your fear at the border." They take all they can take, and we see the front page that she just signed is a petition of divorce. Damn, Allie got served.
1: Harsh after those cutesy text messages about airports and doing this the right, right way.
0: Yeah. So Allie blinks away in more tears as she takes off her wedding ring and sets it on top of the divorce papers. She looks over at that photo of Allie and M and their kids and happier times, and there's kind of a great like disgusted look on Allie's face and she's like, "Ugh!" And she like picks up her wine and takes another big gulp. The lyrics are saying haunted. We are not alone. Haunted, haunted figures in the smoke, haunted. Allie drifts over to those Oz books and pulls out *Ozma of Oz, which is a very weird shout out to you. And, uh, Allie looks at the map. Taylor art altered in front of the book. And, and we see Allie kind of through the window as the thoughts occurring to her. And Allie says, did you ever find that, that Emerald city Taylor? And we hear Claire in voiceover. She's really, she's really saying to herself. Oh, she's getting extra as fuck. Yeah.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Claire in voiceover has to remind us, uh, I don't know. It's like we couldn't piece this together on our, or our own. Claire's saying, she thought that Emerald City was out there in the woods around our house and she was going to find it. She could overlay her own personal geography on the real world. And he kind of smiles at this idea and then looks around for a moment for wiping her eyes and walking to the door. She's got a new mission. And we get more lyrics uh, voices spin in the quiet, simmer in your head, find the peace in the riot. Oh, it's better here than dead. Mm. Get another drone shot at the evergreen forest. I mean,
1: Again, like the the Nolan stuff, I don't think really means all that much. Again, at the start, the show started. I guess there was the implication that maybe Allison might be uh, uh, suspected of being involved or something, or maybe that's just like her guilty nature. I think it's it's Taylor is where Allison like finds herself. Like yeah. Whatever Taylor Hodge's character will be. Played by the dynamic and mysterious Haley Aaron, like really, it's like this is like Allison's like white whale now. It's like she's trying to find that fucking missing part of herself. Um, who's living in the woods?
0: Yeah, I she, like these uh, these drone shots of the forest. It kind of reminds me a little True Detective. Mm. Um, maybe something about the angle. Uh, so we see Allie is uh, parked at the end of a dirt road here in the forest. She kind of she's walking in a dark trench coat over to like this gate that's blocking the road from this point on. Locked with a padlock. It's McDevitt's query no trespassing. A bird cause Ellie examines the lock. The chain is old. The lock is new. It's not going anywhere. So she just walks around the gate and it's kind of turning around as she goes, kind of peering around as she heads deeper down that dirt path into the woods. So, R.A.P. Emerson, any thoughts?
1: I've had time to get over it. <laughs>
0: Do you think I, I, this is what I this is what I'd like to know. Was it like they're breaking the you know the plots for the season and Doherty's just like, seriously, I have to be the one to do this? I'm gonna get yeah. fucking murdered. Or was he just no. like, no, give it to me. I want the blood of them sitting the on of my the hands. Spear. Yeah.
1: I'm the tip of the spear. I'm gonna make them feel like they've made me feel I wish that was I wish that Joe Doherty was just like, Get the fuck in my war machine. <laughs> We're going right at him. I uh you know, it's not a conversation I want to have. But the, the surprising thing, the tenor of the conversations online, because the whole obsession with Endgame end and whatever people seem to think that means, there's not a lot of comment about, like, the kids.
0: Oh, Of course not, no. Um, I, it's I,
1: all about, like, how these two have to find their way back to each other. But also I find it really, like, wretched that, like, Shay Mills has got another job she just lined up, right? Like, she's fine. Like but, f- like, she instantly, She social media is something the morning of this episode to say like, you might see a familiar face in the perfectionist finale. And it's like, did they like do something that they give like a truckload of money? Are they like reshooting uh, like a scene in the finale for her or something? Just because they knew they were afraid of like this stone being dropped in the pond. I don't know.
0: Yeah. I don't know. I just, people need to chill the fuck out. Like there's, there's no reason to harass the show creators or writers and or actors and whatnot, you know, like there's valid complaints you could make about you know, queer baiting, but I, you know, yeah. there's a line that shouldn't be crossed. Um, I mean, personally, I feel like this scene here of like, I don't know, Allie feeling the dissolution of that relationship felt like better and more dramatic than any of the uh, Emerson scenes in season seven for real, just because and it felt more honest to both characters.
2: Yeah.
0: Like, I don't know when, when they got together, it was just kind of like, because the script said, so basically, you know, it's like, well, we're trying to do an innocent thing. So that's why they're together.
1: Well, and, <laughs> oh man, <laughs> it's all right. I love being hated. Um, <laughs> isn't it kind of a good thing for Emily to end this relationship? And I mean, specifically for her to be the one to yeah. end this oh, relationship. Yeah, definitely. She was so, quite frankly, victimized and abused and then she Stockholm syndromed her way into this relationship.
0: Even if you don't want to go that far and enjoy your murder um <laughs> I think just her being the one to do it in the same way that it was good for Paige to kind of finally draw a line with Emily there um, yeah. just kind of regain some of your strength but I don't know I feel like this, this is the vibe I want from Allie is kind of like she's been through a ton of shit you know it didn't work out. Now she's just like this, like salty, you know, investigator who you know not not even like a private investigator. She's just like an amateur investigator who wants to solve mysteries and is like super hard boiled. Like mm-hmm. this to me is the show. It's like Ali yeah, and but Mona solve mysteries.
1: I'm totally okay with a couple episodes of her being a little bit bitter, a little bit snarky, being a little bit of um. How do I put this a little bit like Spencer when Spencer was like toying with like Mm -hmm. what is the image of Spencer Hastings? Because that's I think when you when you like break up with somebody or you have a thing like you had that kind of moment where you're just like, I don't know, like toying with the dark nature of what is your self perception? Like, who
0: is this? Well, at least like I've been pretending to be somebody else for years and years. You know, yeah, but like instead of trying to like be a different person, I need to accept the person I was in high school and like think about how that's like shaped me today.
1: And then, like, and that can perfectly merge with, because Allison's always been like dragging this magnificent, like, statue garden of like the the legend of Allison De Laurentiis behind her. And again, like, I don't know, like, I don't know if they like forces on him. Again, I'm I, I'm thrilled person that Joseph Doherty took on this task because you know he tweeted that he's really enjoyed working with these two characters. Again, I think he's done the best work with these two characters, and in, it's in big moments, it's in little moments, it's the fucking blackboard dream sequence of all of the various names and personalities of Alison De Laurentis when she writes that on there it's like that's the thing she needs to wrestle with before she ever settles down with somebody else and like raises a family.
0: I just want old Allie back.
1: But the question is for Alison to figure out who the fuck is that? Because mm-hmm. even old Alison was like a weird performance. So like who yeah. is Alison De Laurentis? Um and to have Mona be like your best friend slash guide during that is just juicy AF.
0: Anywho. So it's, it's way more, I mean, obviously they're going to break up, like you can't just for, you know, seasons and seasons have an off screen family. You know, it's, I don't know. I don't know why anyone would expect any different. Yeah. I mean, you're just, you're just putting that character like in, in like prison essentially.
1: (laughs) Um, so it cuts the music box of Ava Ava's, you know, it's playing on her desk. So she sits there with like crazy Aria style grin on her face, sketching a drawing of a photo of herself as a child. This is pure sociopathic narcissism. This is like I'm starting to really like it. This is like, um, oh,
0: Ava's starting to develop a personality.
1: Yeah. Nice shot of Ava's lips and then and then face and the little music box mirror. Um interesting. like the like again with like the the Junko video, like kind of. The parts of Ava's face that they kind of pull out. A lot lot of lips,
2: yeah.
1: Yeah, a lot of lips. Um, There's a knock on the door, so Ava quickly closes the music box, hides her photo and sketch under, like, a sheet or whatever or something. Why? (laughs) Why? Like, whoever's on the other side of that door, who cares? Anyway, so it's Caitlyn. I think she doesn't want
0: anyone to see that she's drawing a sketch of a photo of herself like a narcissist.
1: Who doesn't do that? Hmm. Um, So off screen, Caitlin's like, Ava? And Ava's like, yeah, come in. So Ava enters through, like, what is essentially the office door here. And Caitlin's like, hey. And Ava's like, hey. She seems happy right now because she doesn't know what Caitlin's about to tell her. Caitlin's like, sorry, you have a minute? Ava's like, yeah, sure. She's like, oddly, terrifyingly calm. And Caitlin's like, I lied to you earlier about Mason. But I think you already knew that. And Ava's like, yeah, no shit. Figured. Camera tracks on Caitlyn. She's got something to say. And she says, I'm the rat. So Ava sits up a little straighter, staring at Caitlyn with these dead, maniacal eyes. Like she's about to say, and here I was getting peckish. <laughs> so cut to the commercial. Uh, come back. The The blocking that they love. Ava's like, they're in the bedroom part now. Ava's like standing up. I love that they're like, let's move this conversation to the bedroom. Mm-hmm. Uh, Ava's standing up up facing her her giant mirror there in the bedroom looking amazing her olive green sweater black jeans and high ponytail and like weird like old west boots but make them fashion sure. um so caitlin's like on the on the bed behind her like doing her confession um so many big emotional moments of people's backs
0: turned oh, to but the it's other. like they're kind of talking to each other in the mirror yeah
1: well but they're also the subject of the scene is these two need to confront like the reflection of themselves like who who they think they are who they're perceived to be etc etc but like this is the one that works everyone else having a conversation that involves like somebody turning their back it it makes less sense to me but it's become like a weird motif so far so caitlin says do you want to just i'll i'll read caitlin and you just i
0: can interject notes Yeah. yeah when you and nolan started i knew about it knew about what he knew about them dating, her parents' legal issues. He told me. I looked you up on the internet, and there it was. So was Caitlin jealous? I mean,
1: everything about your family and your parents taking the money. So Nolan told Caitlin about Ava's family's legal issues? That they love some hot goss. Nobody here put it together because you were using your middle name at the time. And I told one person and... And they like, kind of like looks down at like hatred and scorn in her eyes, just so, admiring her own pain. Like, Ooh, I'm going to sketch this later.
0: But really like, isn't, doesn't this make Nolan the rat? He told Caitlin, mm-hmm. she told yeah. someone else. And then they told mm-hmm. a bunch of people.
1: Y- anytime you are like, I've got a secret and I'm only telling you. So don't tell anyone else. Like you are the problem.
2: Mm-hmm.
1: No matter how much you trust the other person, you are now the problem. You they are They are almost not responsible at all for what they tell. I've learned that. Um, So, Caitlin's like, once it was out, it just spread like, like wildfire, like that episode of Game of Thrones, season two, and then everything with the reporters and the press and the media, and now Mason knows, and I'm sorry.
0: How does Caitlin know that Mason knows because he said the word "rat," which is apparently on this show like a very specific title given to someone who outs a student for having parents that did crime, like,
1: uh, yeah, nodding guilt guiltily. Caitlin says, "I'm the." So, Ava burns through Caitlin like lasers with her eyeballs. She hasn't moved an inch. And Caitlin's like, Ava, please say something. So, Ava finally looks away, saying that broken lens that she was holding on the dresser. She's going to monologue now. It's going to involve a creepy smile to herself, while she's still facing away from Caitlin. And she says, My family left me alone to live with their mistakes. And I carry the burden of their shame every day publicly. And then I got into BHU. And that was my chance to start over. And you stole that from me. And I got shamed over and over again. Do you know what shame feels like, Caitlin?
0: Ken's like, no. Well, yes. Now I do. So, so Ava's but, parents were already in trouble with the law when she was in high school. She goes to BHU under her middle name. And it's not until Nolan blabs about it to Caitlin and then blah, blah, blah. For some reason, the media descends on college. I'm not sure why they would care, but Sure.
1: Well, it's just like what, like two Buzzfeed articles and maybe some other outlet, like then it's done? I mean
0: Yeah, I mean, unless her mom was literally Aunt Becky. You know, like why does the media care? Aunt Becky's really going to jail. <laughs> she thought she could just the plea deal and like fight it, yeah. The, like, the whole like
1: now the DA's bluffing.
0: <laughs> oh Aunt Becky, you're so special. Um,
1: so it was like, no of course you don't because you're caitlin park lewis saint caitlin so he was feeling herself like she's coming alive this is her best work and she gets to she gets to see that for a fact in that mirror again's like no and he was like every second of your life perfectly curated to pass any government background check what yep seemingly perfect but now i know who you really are she turns now get out and Caitlin's like whispering, like, I'm sorry. She's like, get out!
0: Yeah, Caitlin's uh, crushed, but there's no winning Ava over now, so she rises and leaves. Yeah, I don't know, this is, like, from 10,000 feet, it's like, okay, yeah, this is the conflict. Uh, Caitlin secretly ratted, uh, exposed to Ava's secret. But, like, if you really think about what's being said in this scene, it doesn't make any sense.
1: No, no. Um, but, yeah, I, I the subtext of how the mirror is used, I think, is really interesting with this so that scene in the pilot where the dad has left her a duffel bag full of money seemingly that was the college tuition and a little bit of walking around cash
0: She still got a lot of it left yeah yeah. I mean, I mean, I, was it
1: just the one duffel was it several duffels whatever
0: i guess we're just supposed to assume it's like okay this is this is the conflict guys don't think too much about it let's just you know pretend that we'd establish this and the pilot is being more of a uh an albatross around Ava's neck that she was ratted out and exposed, you know?
1: Well, like the funny thing to me is I think at my, if I'm in this writer's room, my question is obviously Nolan's a bad dude. Like, and he's hurt these people and he's used them. Ava's the one who, despite that she's closest to it. She still has something like feelings for him. My question is, does Caitlin not have any feelings whatsoever? Is she like, com- are they completely burned away by how he treated her. And like, mm-hmm. now she has Jeremy. And you're telling me that Dylan has no feelings at all. Like, like they're just so cold Turkey over it. Like, like I, I need, I need to, I need to throw a line. I need Dylan to be like, Andrew, I swear he was crap in bed.
0: Well, it's it. They wanted to do the perfectionist book thing of, Oh, he talked about killing this person. Then he died. But the rest of the show so far seems very disconnected from that.
1: Well, and yet and yet it's kind of interesting because like the books, Nolan Hotchkiss kind of I'd stopped being
0: important. Yeah. You know? I mean it's still more important here, probably just because of the Taylor stuff, you know.
1: Like if I remember correctly, doesn't Ava's boyfriend in the books go to jail not for Nolan's death, but Granger's?
0: Yeah, and then they think they can put Nolan on him too, and then eventually gets out, yeah.
1: Which is funny because we know Granger uh, a Granger is a character and we mm. haven't seen it. But also, uh, other thing on my bucket list, I someday really want to be thrown out of a room by Ava Jalali. Oh, yeah. Okay. Wouldn't that be so nice? Wouldn't that be so fun? Get
0: out. Yeah, that's your kink, man. That's my... uh
1: Uh-oh. I hope this doesn't turn into something like uncontrollably fetish-like. So now back to stuff of our favorite characters. Take it away.
0: Musical montage time. We cut to Dylan... He's still rather pathetically working on his song for song for Andrew sheet music here.
1: Like, there's a nice detail here. Is it? We'll get to it in a second. Okay. Yeah, there's, there's at the end.
0: Okay. Um, he's in his dorm apartment in the background. Andrew's he's doing that thing where uh, the couple got in a fight. And now the, the half the couple's packing up all their shit in a bag. And Andrew mm-hmm. walks over and he stops a few, feet, a few feet away from Dylan to be dramatic. Dylan looks up. Andrew just stares. He's hurt. He walks off and Dylan goes, Andrew. And Andrew leaves. Way to fight, Dylan. But whatever, he ain't worth it. And then he goes back to the sheet music.
1: He starts erasing a note, as if he could like erase some some detail, like tweak something and mm-hmm. and not have told him or changed the story or made him stay.
0: That's um, charitable. Yeah,
1: yeah, it's charitable. I'm um, not a fan of ghosting, but like comparatively on screen in the world of PLL, like the K- the Caleb Hannah breakup, that was the way that where was that.
0: Oh, you come sure. home and just
1: half the closet's empty.
0: I, know, I don't think this is the last of Andrew. I'm pretty sure he'll be back. No, no. We'll see more Andrew. Where's Andrew going to go live? I head. feel like Andrew has no friends. Yeah, like, is he still paying for half of that place? Like, is, is it his tuition? Because it's technically a dorm room? I don't know. It's,
1: has his, like, yeah, is his, like, family or whatever been paying for, like, a whole other... Like, does he have a dorm that he just never took... Uh he he hasn't been in like his his ra is like i think andrew's dead
0: well you know i I, one of my buddies in college like he
1: like when he was his girlfriend when he was like a
0: senior he his girlfriend they like they had a kind of a dorm apartment where like three people live there and so there's like a living room and bedrooms you know and he was just over there all the time like like would not go back to his dorm for like weeks on end
1: wasn't there something where the ra eventually had to let themselves in because they thought he was dead
0: i feel like that might have happened yeah yeah, okay. Anyways, meanwhile Caitlin is leaving a very sad ass voicemail for Jeremy uh, from her Toyota Corolla. She's the
1: ultimate in. It's the ultimate sporty car for driving out to the, the woods and just crying into a voicemail.
0: Uh-huh. Caitlin on the phone says, Hey Jeremy, um I know you're in a staff meeting. Just wanted to say I'm sorry, I lied about the library. Um the truth is I had a panic attack and uh I'm okay now. I just um I got a lot of things going on at school and I'll call you when things let up. She hangs up. She cries some more. So by the way, like how old is Jeremy?
2: Oh, I'm a good guy. He's got
0: like staff meetings. Like like Caitlin's 21 charitably, probably 20.
1: Yeah. 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 That's a great, that's a great question. Oh, it's fine. England. We always do this
0: age gap lovers. They call it. So back at Ava's uh, she's getting down with her sorry she's getting down <laughs> it works either way
1: getting, I'm gonna fuck this bag of cash
0: she's getting her big bag of cash down from it's hiding place in the never
1: seen a decent proposal I'm about to do that <laughs>
0: that bag looks pretty full of cash so it was weird it, it seemed like she was like worried about like cash flow earlier in the episode maybe just because Booker mentioned it
1: yeah I don't know if she's just trying to like not be like boastful of like no it's fine Dylan I'm uh I'm
0: well off <laughs> yeah uh, And uh, so she, she puts the music box in the bag, too. And the photo of her as a child, but not for admiring herself some more. On the back, there's a note that says, you are my beautiful dreamer. Love, daddy. And it says, does this mean you're back? Like, so the I, did the photo suddenly show up too? like, we only saw the music box. So I don't know what I don't know why she's saying that to the photo, but.
1: Or is she saying that to the photo? Are she saying, little psychopath Ava, are you back? Are you back? Oh, Is it time to go bad seat time? Does
0: anyone really want to see your dad come back? (laughs) No.
1: What the fuck would be the point? I mean, other than just like tying into like Booker shit. Yeah. But Booker,
0: I mean, what is this? Is this like a, is this just like a, like a personal vendetta? Like, is she just like. Did she get fired from the FBI for like pushing too hard? Well, it's like—are you, know,
1: you using Ava to get at the dad, or do you really think that Ava is as bad as the dad? It just makes me appreciate so much more in *The Fugitive* when Tommy Lee Jones is just like, "I don't care." Well, it makes me—I don't take my work home with me.
0: It makes me think of like wild things where like there was like a little bit of animosity or the seeming animosity between some of those characters, you know.
1: Until shower time, yeah. After tonight, we can't be seen together.
0: Meanwhile, in a better plotline. Mona is walking up to the Holdman Annex, which is like an abandoned brick building, and there's like some junk furniture outside. Uh, She pauses, admiring the Brian Holdman shout-out, and then she walks to the door. Uh, There's a chain on the door. It has a similar new lock to the one that Allie found in the forest. Hmm. Uh, But the doors are not chained together right now, so she can just open one of them up and go in. Inside, the electricity is still on, so it's got power. She's walking down an empty hallway to room 214. Mona knocks, there's no response, but the door's locked. So she gets a little credit card from her uh, phone case that Jimmy the lock. It seems like original a would have had a more advanced tool than a credit card for getting her work done here. Like I, I'd like to see a little more trade craft from Allie and Mona.
1: Well, honestly, does she need more than this?
0: Uh, I don't know. I mean, it just, it just she's, seems if
1: so a mainframe. That's one thing.
0: I guess it just seems so, I don't know, cliche almost. It's like a okay, oh, credit card.
1: What if it was the thing from Sneakers where she's got someone like, oh, there's a way to get Nah, uh-huh. You don't
0: have to go that. I mean, it just, like, you know, there's like that little tool that you just push in. Man. Anyway.
1: But she just scales the side of the wall and lets herself in the window.
0: So Mona goes inside. Uh, we see her enter through a magnifying glass light. So like the distortion makes her appear upside down, which I wonder if that's a foreshadowing. Oh. Uh, Mona finds herself in some kind of lab. There's like a bed on one side. There's lots of electrical equipment looks like a place where we're making some sort of like custom electronics or machinery. And she's intrigued. Uh, on the walls, there's all these like newspaper cutouts of like Nolan and Tay- Taylor obituaries and news articles. Mona's just kind of looking around. Like, this is kind of her place. It's not quite a layer ish, but it's getting there. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. And uh, we see, you know, more headlines about Nolan and Taylor. There's uh, the Stump Town Today newspaper <coughs> says hacker arrested in Beacon Heights and Ooh. BHU to install security system Beacon Guard uh more stuff about Nolan Taylor there's a reconnaissance satellite launching this week that was mm-hmm. I was like oh is that good? Jeremy be related to that is mm-hmm. that how he comes into play uh Mona's looking at another obituary for Taylor when suddenly a figure appears in the doorway behind her it's that old guy from the student union we knew he could be coming back eventually uh he kind of passes his toolbox from one hand to the other and that makes a noise Mona hears him and gasps spinning around and Mona goes Ray Ray Hagedorn and he shuts the door behind him, giving her a sinister glare. And it cl- closes with a loud thud. Uh-oh. Watch out, Mona. One of the articles behind her
1: at that point is titled, How Hackers Are Stealing Information.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Uh-huh. Um, I think there's a very simple answer about who this guy is. He's probably a hacker who got arrested in Beacon Heights. And now he's doing who knows what. Um. I assume we're going to get some kind of vague world building from this dude next week. I really want a... Uh, um, like him telling her, like, you don't know what this place really is, do you? You don't know how special you truly are. And she'll be like, uh, yeah, I do. I'm own Vanderall. Um Should I
0: do my uh my let's kill Uncle theory here?
1: Is this where you really want to bring it out?
0: Uh we can wait till the end. That's fine. Let's do the end. Okay.
1: But um I uh was Googling something else and um I came across I'm amazed by the people who write about TV on the Internet. Like I came across like a Bustle article Mm -hmm. where the Bustle article was very confused and thought that this was bad Bishop. Like they really thought that this was where Mona was going to meet her
0: date. Because it seems like she's leaving for her date and then she shows up here. It's like I, I could see how you'd miss that.
1: It, it seems clear to me that it's like, this is way late her. And the only thing missing is she doesn't text bad Bishop or, or I am bad Bishop to be like, Oh, something came up or I'll be late or what have you. So they were, there's this whole article about like, Ooh, Ray Hagedorn is bad Bishop. What's going on with that? Mm-hmm. And it's like, well,
0: I mean, I don't know to me she, that, she got that's she a weird way by this. Guy. That's an excusable, uh, you know, mistake because it, it is kind of quick how that happens. Mm-hmm. Anyhow.
1: So Allison in the in the forest uh, in this this other fairy tale world, she comes across the mobile home trailer out here uh, in a clearing. Um, Taylor Hoshkis again is going full into the wild. Um, Allie like slowly drifts towards it, and she's like, "Hello." Seems like Allie should know to be a little more cautious here. Like maybe she's been out of the game for a while, or she's just feeling feeling reckless, or feeling a little like, "Fuck it, what could happen to me? I just signed divorce paperwork." Um, she moves to the trailer door. I think she's got that like
0: TA energy where she's like. Fuck You, I'm faculty, you can't do anything to me.
1: Is that what it is? Is it TA energy that big TA energy? Mm-hmm. <laughs> I should be grading papers, <laughs> I have so many deadlines. People keep coming over to drink wine. Um, so she moves to the trailer door, she tries the handle, it opens. She's like, Hello, no answer. So she's like, steps into the trailer. Um, camera's kind of like drifting and tracking on setting camera sequence with like the birds calling in the background. A lot of nature in this, this forest sequence makes it seem. Not spooky per se, but what you how do you put it the right kind of mysterious slash dangerous, yeah, um, just
0: like the vibe you know,
1: so inside she looks around it's it's you know it's dark, it's very like naturally lit she's like, hello, she uses the light on her phone to like check the place out like looks like someone's been living here recently um doesn't it look like it's such a bad pad for one one single person on the lamb um she spots a mess of dark red on the counter something is drip drip dripping from the cabinet above like a steady flow of drip, so she Opens a cabinet. It looks like a broken jar of jam. A lot of people have pointed out that the uh closed captioning, especially on Hulu, says blood dripping I'd like is to the point sound out effect.
0: that the, the, the closed captioning is done by like a completely different company. It's not like uh, right, right, right. done by the writers or anything.
1: Well, it's 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 hilarious because so she opens this cabinet. There is this overturned thing of jam or what have you. It's dripping.
0: A blood lot of jam. That's a lot of jam. That's that's a Hotchkiss legacy there.
1: Right, so this there's, uh, there's a missing Oz, the missing Oz book, the Patrick girl, which again, the titular Patrick girl from next week, Taylor Hotchkiss. Allison's eyes flash. She's on the right track. Um, it's just hilarious that if this was like a mason jar full of jam, of course, you'd leave it where you keep your valuable book.
0: Of course. Of course. Yeah.
1: Uh, but then the door opens behind her and in walks. Bum, bum, bum. My heart beating so fast. Taylor Hotchkiss wearing a big winter jacket and a baseball cap for disguise. And now he's like, Taylor, Taylor. Taylor is stunned. Deer in the highlight panic. Alice is like, listen, I Taylor's just that like, we need to cook. <laughs> oh, that's on my bucket list now. <laughs> I Hope this doesn't awaken anything in me. Um, broken jar behind her, like falls to the floor of a crash. Taylor like uses this distraction to bolt. And Alison's like, wait. Outside, like Taylor like locks her in. I think we got a question of how you do that. <laughs> I presume a key? I, I, Get sure. Ballpark? Yeah. I don't know. Uh so Allison's like sma like like pounding on the door, like open the door, Taylor, please open the door. Like Taylor runs off somewhere. Inside, Allison's like struggling, unable to get that door open. Like she slams her palm on the door frame. Like the scene, um, and scene. We'll be back next week for the Patrick Girl. Which yeah, it's like a real the, cliffhanger. The trailer will would tell you the Patrick Girl includes peanut brittle, spiking drinks, and Taylor Hotchkiss of a tire iron.
0: Mm.
1: Also, a very creepy looking uh, audition.
0: Oh, is that what her audition was from?
1: The 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 Three Shadows as Dylan's performing.
0: Oh, yeah. I only watched it once, so I didn't see it.
1: So, and then, um, before we get into the theories, I wanted to, before I forget, thank somebody who has a period as their username on Twitter for reminding us of the use of 214 in Joseph Dory's episodes, which comes back as Jenna's hotel room, Caleb's locker combo, Sarah Harvey's room at the Radley, and now... Ray Hagedorn's room at the Brian J. Holman annex.
0: That was the number that uh, Toby found and gave the Spencer to investigate. Yeah. Mm-hmm.
1: Oh, and thanks to Tiffany who, po- who pointed out the reminder that Burger King also sells breakfast
0: tots. Yum. Oh, okay. Yeah. All uh, right. Well, that was the episode. Um, improving steadily improving. The ratings were a little better too. So I don't know. It's, mm-hmm it was a little bumpy as an episode. I still think the alley show works way better than the perfectionist show. But, mm. um, I, I think it's probably going to take all season for the perfectionist show to to kind of get where hopefully it'll, it'll get where it needs to be. by there.
1: Well, like who in the writer's room is just like, I need these five characters in a room. Like I need all five of them in a
0: scene together. It just more and more. It just seems like, why are these other characters here? Or like, why are they, so present like what if it what if we only saw these characters when Allie interacted with them type of thing you know
1: mm-hmm. I mean is the concern
0: I don't know is it a budgetary thing is it a concern about like filming the like, five actors although I don't know maybe you yeah. can get the actors that they had less screen time or something but
1: I don't know you think you'd want to you'd want to start showing off that dynamic
0: yeah we'll see we'll see yeah somehow they need to Get these guys all on the same TV show, hopefully by the end of the season. Before the professor enters. Yeah. All right. Well, shall we talk about my let's kill uncle theory now?
1: Yeah. So did
0: you have this, any theories? First of all,
1: Um, I think the Mason working for Booker thing is, is pretty apparent to me. Hmm. And I'm assuming Ray Hagedorn is some kind of hacker, maybe like some kind of former disgruntled employee of Hotchkiss. It's episode four. So I really wonder if those two different elements are really going to feature into like the end game of yeah. the season. Um, so I'm kind of curious where you're going with Ray Hagedorn and Rohan O'Grady.
0: So Ray Hagedorn, Hagedorn is not a real name. Like, like as a surname there's like less than like a hundred records like in history or something. So obviously wow, an anagram true. for something, uh, Ray Haga the one name that popped up in my little anagram solver was Rohan O'Grady. Rohan O'Grady is a pen name, uh, by a woman named June O'Grady who wrote a couple novels, uh, I think five in total. The probably most popular one is, is called let's kill uncle, which was made into a, a castle movie in the sixties. Mm. I have absolutely no idea if, this is an intended reference on Joseph Doherty's part. It seems like it could be though. It kind it of like feels, like Sally. kind of feels right. Like a, a castle movie. Um, the, uh,
1: the trailer has a great line of you've heard of homicide. Now see a little uncle side.
0: <laughs> I mean, the so what the let's go uncle book and movie are about are, um, it's like a, a young kid. Like I think he's like probably like early teens. His father dies, his rich father dies, and it's like he has to go live with his uncle on this weird, secluded island until he comes of age and the uncle wants to kill him to get the inheritance and he tells him so.
1: Is this the plot of a series of unfortunate events? Somebody tell me I mean I don't really care oh, yeah, I don't
0: know um
1: I don't know tweet tweet James
0: yeah, so. some of the dialogue here is interesting I'll I'll read you some of it the uncle says try to think of it as a kind of game Barnaby And Barnaby says a game that's Barnaby's a kid the uncle says yes exactly for perfectly understandable reasons I would like to I'd like something to um, happen to you for equally understandable reasons you would prefer that it did not well that's the game what's going to happen who's going to win that's the fun of it so to speak so it's like it's (sighs) the rules of the game are that it has to look like an accident so you can't just like shoot this kid or something, and it's like okay, the house on this secluded island is safe. You're safe anywhere here and when you're with these certain other people. You're at least safe, like um, Cassie
1: and what have you.
0: Yeah. Um. Well, oh, not not Chrissy though. Chrissy, <laughs> Chrissy oh, is not too. included in that list. Yeah.
1: I thought Chrissy. Well, in the movie, I think she is.
0: Sorry. No, she's not safe. Here's the the line of dialogue. Here, he uh, it says, "It's a very large large island. You're safe almost anywhere as long as you're with Sergeant Travis and Ju- or Justine." And he goes, oh, yes, Barnaby, two accidental deaths would serve me well as one. And Barnaby's like, no, you leave Chrissy alone. He says, she's a charming child, too. Where were we? Oh, yes. Uh, So basically the plot is that the uncle wants to kill the kid. The kid teams up with like a, I don't know, another girl who's on the island is like, well, we got to kill this guy first. But it's like not real. No, Chrissy's real. Okay. Um, But it's like they have to it has to look like an accent that's like set weird traps, like assassination traps for each other or something, Um, which made me wonder because there's so much focus on games and PLL. I don't think this is anywhere near exactly what's going on in uh, the perfectionist, but could there perhaps be some sort of game that Mona is maybe officiating or part of? Uh, And the rules are like when you're within beacon guard, you're safe but you also can't scheme when you're within beacon guard,
1: meaning within the, the observational like field of observation of beacon guard. Okay. So you're on campus.
0: So like Mason, we know was outside of beacon guard on the roof there. Right. Okay. No cameras up there. So he was both safe to, or he was not safe. the wrong word. He, he was able to conspire with other people, but he's also in danger because of that.
1: So, There is a movie. um, Oh, the fuck is it called? It's like something like Zap, but that's not quite right. About um, some kind of like tag game involving like paintballs. It's like from the eighties on a campus where it's like you're you're it. It's your job to like you know fake assassinate the other person, Um, and then it starts turning real and people are like killing trying to kill each other on campus.
0: Mm-hmm. i'm just thinking about mona's like did we do this did we cause this like is she perhaps uh i don't know officiating the game so to speak or there certain like interested parties like ray hagedorn for example who are kind of playing the game i don't know i would assume that that uh annex there the holdman annex is not a safe zone right i don't think beacon guard is working there
1: well i mean there's there's the only downside to your theory is that we don't have anything to build this on. Like, you know, to to disprove it, to prove it. Because, yeah, I'm confused as to why can't Mona just access Beacon Guard? Can she only access her weird like uh, uh, success hunter program? Like, why can't she just pull up like random computer feeds or like camera feeds? I mean, and maybe shit? they benched her. Maybe. I mean, After and it's so vague about the, like, suspicious access thing. Yeah, You know, that you've been locked out of your account. Why are you only in your apartment besides the fact that this is the location we can afford? We don't know what the fuck is going on with the mirrors and the wall of monitors. So it's an intriguing idea. I, I kind of was, like, trying to ponder out, like, what, what was your theory be? And I would be like, well, it can't be anything to do with the money in the Hotchkiss
0: family. No. I mean, I think it's more maybe just the idea that there might be some sort of, metagame being played on campus that uh-huh. Beacon Guard is a part of hmm we'll see it could be another, that Joseph Doherty has no idea who Rohan O'Grady is as well <laughs> Could be. but I, I, I kind of feel like it's got to be a reference
1: uh, it'd be interesting because I don't know if we've ever seen him do like this kind of style of like anagrams of names but like what is like that name
0: that. it's not a real name so yeah just a
1: weird just a weird weird name i don't know i mean i i would be shocked though if in his vast knowledge he's never heard of at least let's kill uncle the movie the movie was also released under the title let's kill uncle before uncle kills us which is great Mm -hmm. well
0: on the uh rohan o'grady wiki page here is an interesting description of her style it says um Uh, commonly featured uh, characterized by strong gothic streak and a tendency to dismiss genre conventions Uh, she commonly features child protagonists she subjects them to both emotional intensity and physical violence rarely found in young adult novels Mm -hmm. which feels a little like PLL Mm
1: -hmm. there's a great Edward Gorey cover to the novel it's so creepy with this giant cat and the guy in the bushes
0: yeah so Anyway, we'll see if uh, that plays out in any way. I mean, yeah, I don't think the money would be involved. But. Have you,
1: have you, have seen this cover, right? No. With the um, so the cover, uh, I'll tweet it in a minute. The and it has a little tagline on it: "In an idyllic, peaceful island setting, two charming children on summer holiday conspire to execute the perfect murder and get away with it."
0: Mm, it sounds like it's not exactly what the movie's about, but sure.
1: Well, but I mean, like, resonance.
0: Yeah.
1: <laughs> Perfectionist. This resonates more than maybe, like, uh, and then there were none.
0: Yeah, that's true. And I think that's... This is that's another like secluded theory. island thing, yeah.
1: Yeah, I think that's a very, um, like, Doherty thing, though. To, like, if you're going to take a reference, like, take it from a book. Mm-hmm. You know, in fairness to where, where the show started. So
0: exciting yeah uh let's see anything else you want to cover here no i think we have nailed it
1: um the next two weeks we are going to be one day late in our recording um next week i End have a date yo. and how's oh, that Endgame, game yo yeah next week i have a date and the week after that uh james has movie tickets
0: so fucking <laughs> two in the morning oh my god yeah so That's- that seems crazy to me. They'll go up on Sunday, probably, the episodes instead of Saturday. Yeah. Uh, anyways, as we close off this podcast here, uh, normally sure? we don't do any ads or Patreon stuff for the pod. Uh, if you'd like to support the pod, you can uh, rate and review us in iTunes. Tell your friends. And we are publishing a book soon. Sometime next month, most likely. Uh, there is a website up for it now. My name is Trouble.com. Uh, Thanks to everyone who visited the website or uh, followed the Twitter account we made for it. So if you'd like any uh, updates on the book, you can go to MyNameIsTrouble.com or follow uh, the Trouble Novels. Is that our Twitter? I think that's our Twitter. Um, Yeah,
1: Very cool people have followed that.
0: Yeah. Yeah. It's nice to see that people are interested. Uh, By the time you listen to this episode, I'll put a, a synopsis up on the website. Uh, really so like kind of like a back back of the book blurb type thing kind of letting you know mm-hmm. what the hell it's about uh, so if you're interested in a teen murder mystery go ahead and check it out
1: mm-hmm, mm-hmm. alright and yeah so you're going to hear about it more and more as we get closer
0: that's right we're going to hide shit out of it yes we are next week the Patchwork Girl
1: yeah exciting
0: Cliffhanger two-parter alright mm-hmm. well until then have a good one Bye-bye. Bye.